Hi, this is Jason Montoya, and you're listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Hello, everybody. My name is Ian Taylor, and you are listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, your weekly digest of hobby goodness. I can see my guests adjusting their makeup as I speak. Um, brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective, an awesome community of card collectors and creators. You can find our two groups on Facebook, details of which are at the end of this podcast, so come check us out. With me, as always, is my Ready Player One. You may play it loud with Nintendo, but in here, it's a case of the more you play with it, the harder it gets. Yes, folks, we're reliving the halcyon days of my youth when I'd whip into my drawers and pull out my joystick for a quick waggle. Because it's time for some... Sega! Isn't that right, Norrin Rad? Wow. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs> worse and worse and worse. What that, is, that, is, that is a weird intro. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was funny. I was just watching the, uh, there was a video game documentary on Netflix that just came out. And they were just talking about Sega versus Nintendo and uh, how that whole uh, nemesis and, and that whole competition thing had gone before. But that is totally irrelevant. But anyway. You're a Nintendo boy, aren't you? I I am a Nintendo man. Thank you very much. And a a Sega PlayStation. Yeah, I've played. I mean, you you had that giant collection. But yeah, yeah, I did a lot of that stuff. I still play Nintendo, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, I meant boy as in, um, well, well, that's just that's just how we... No, I was kidding. No, 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 no. no. Uh, boy, yeah. boy and man, I was. I, I kind of got the feeling that it was in your DNA from your... Uh, oh, you, for like, sure. In, in my my experience, you're either, you're one or the other, and it's rarely, rarely do the screams, dreams cross. You either <laughs> grew up with Sega or you grew up with Nintendo. In the same, I guess it could be said with DC and Marvel are very similar in that regard. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I think you're right. I remember, I remember the X-Men on Sega. I don't know if you guys remember that, the X-Men uh, yes. game where you, yes, I love that. I miss that so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember definitely. that very well. And then there was the Maximum Carnage game on Sega. Which wow, was very much like I forgot Street about that. Of, yeah, it was very much like Streets of Rage, but it was Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, yeah. really just like, yeah. you could whip, whip and do stuff like that. <laughs> Enter um, the and then <laughs> pretty yeah. much, pretty much, yeah. Um, uh, the reason I, I, I went there with that intro is a, a because I've been dying for an excuse to play the Sega um, startup sound <laughs> on this podcast for years, and I've finally managed to do it. Um, secondly, um, our guest today, um, I, I'm guessing that he's on the Sega side of the fence, but given that he seems to be across every single property known to man um, in terms of the work that he does, um, he could very well surprise me here. Jason Montoya, Sega or Nintendo? Um, both. <laughs> I knew it. Um, I, knew it. I, I, I am an old dog. I started on Atari. So I started Atari yes. 2600, oh, yeah. uh, then got an NES. Um, played ColecoVision because a buddy of mine had one and Intellivision, um, then branched over into Sega Master System because a buddy had it, um, and then I got a Genesis and a Super Nintendo. Uh, I know we were just speaking about my my dungeon here. Um, I've got a Nintendo Super Nintendo hybrid just over my shoulder here. I was just mm. playing in between drawing cards, go and play a quick game. Uh, I've got a Genesis, Xbox, 
PS1 through what are we on now? Five or whatever. So PS1 <laughs> whatever we are. all in the other room on a TV in there. Uh, I've got oh, a record. Nice. Very analog guy. So I've got a lot of digital, but I've also got a lot of physical media floating around here uh, in this dungeon. So a bit of both. Um in terms of my iconography and my logo and everything, that's Michael Mastermaker's fault. Um, when I first got into cards, he had already done Warp Zone and he had like a Nintendo theme. And for years upon years, um, start off as kind of a joke. Buddies of mine, speaking of Sega, we were playing Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. We had them on rotate, you know, switch between one or the other. So we had. Uh, Street Fighter on Super Nintendo because it was better and we had Mortal Kombat on Sega Genesis because the blood was turned on and not turned off like on Super Nintendo so we'd rotate <laughs> back and forth and uh, a buddy of mine he would sit there and crouch as Guile and wait to do a flash kick and I'm a Sagat guy I always play a Sagat so I'd go over there I'd just pound on him he's like you're relentless so when I first came up with a graphic design idea this is high school uh, I went with relentless graphics and then when I got into cards cool. I started talking to Michael I was like you kind of already got nintendo i was like uh, is it cool if i take sega yeah i have your blessing and he's like oh man don't be crazy yeah of course um <laughs> so i rolled with it um love ninjas love robots loved shinobi so i was like hey why not nice very nice very nice indeed i used to play shinobi at the arcades um back in in fact i remember very distinctly summer of 91 i could use uh, a 10 pence coin which is 15 cents um and I got to the point where I could put one of those in to the arcade machine opposite the theater that I worked in, and I could get a good half hour of gameplay oh, wow, just nice. out of that one tempe. And I managed to get almost to the end of it, and then the summer season ended. That <laughs> <laughs> I was working on, I was doing a three month stint at a theater. Anyway, enough about my past. Um, Jason Montoya. <laughs> Um, sir, uh, I, the reason I mentioned that you're on everything, it seems, because you, you seem to be on everything. I'm, I'm looking at your Instagram feed uh, that folks can find, uh, Jason underscore Montoya underscore artist. And you have, when I scroll down it, I see you, well, not least of all your own card stock, which is very much the visuals of the kind of Sega, you know, that, that black and white grid. Uh, with sketch card Shinobi at the bottom, which I absolutely love. Um, You're on all sorts of different properties. You're on Star Wars. You're on... um, What we got here? Did I see some DC floating around in here? Uh, I saw some back to red. I've got got Masterwork here. I've got... Which one's that? Is that Chrome? Which one's this? Sorry, you can't see... Chrome. um, Is that Battle Plan? No, Battle Plan's Battle battle Plan's Chrome, uh, Masterworks. uh, The sketch card stock that they... Well enough to know. We've got DC Comics Bond shells. I'm looking at here. So, yeah, is there a property that you haven't been on as a sketch card artist that you really want to be on? Probably. um, If there's a publisher out there and you're like, hey, I need this guy. Hit me up. Um, no, um, all kidding aside, I've been I've been on a lot. I've been very fortunate and very grateful for that opportunity. Um, as we were alluding to, I'm kind of a pop culture junkie. Like I like everything. Um, so I just always want to have the opportunity, if I can, to work on different properties. Um, I'll meet a lot of people, and they didn't necessarily get into sketch cards from Get. It was almost kind of a back burner thing that I eventually naturally gravitated to. I wanted to do comics in the traditional sense, um, but I draw small. 
and I draw fast and my attention span is not what it could be for that. So I eventually segued over to cards, but I started off, uh, what was it like series one Marvel universe, probably like just idolizing everybody that was on those and following a lot of my favorite comic book artists to the card sets. And then, uh, Boris Vallejo, Julie Bell, Joe Jesco, the usual suspects that everybody talks about that they grew up idolizing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, how am I going to work? Am I ever going to be able to work, you know, five up, four up, whatever it ends up being and have them shrink it down to the card size. Um, sketch card thing really wasn't even an invented idea that I was aware of at that point, but always in the back of my brain, like, man, if I could just ever get onto some of these properties I grew up loving, that would be awesome. Um, and so when that first offer came and ever since then, I'm like, Hey, I want to work on as many different things as I can. Um, and there's a lot more coming down the pipeline that I can't really talk about, but yeah. there's a few more sets that I've, I've recently signed on to that are, different properties shall we say so cool uh, that's cool. exciting so, so yeah. how long how long have you been well let me let me let, let's rewind slightly are you sure um are you a full-time artist i mean is this your this is your full-time gig or do you do it like around a are you a, like a doctor a scientist or a chef or you know something in the background um yeah i have a, another job a monday through friday as they say um have the entire time. In fact, I've changed careers a couple of times. I have a graphic design degree. Um, so I've done freelance graphic design here locally um, in Colorado. So for different firms. Um, funny enough is when they first passed the bill to legalize marijuana, I did a lot of green crosses for people because they wanted that on business cards. So that helped out with some side money. But I've always tried to have a regular day job um, just because as independent contractors, I mean, we're not getting insurance working on the card sets. Um, if yeah. there's some, an artist out there doing it, let me know how you pulled that off. Um, I would love to be a full-time artist. That would be amazing, but it's just not in the cards. Yeah. Um, so to speak. So to speak. <laughs> pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you start? I mean, how did you start? I mean, did you start in a bigger format and then end up on cards or what was the journey into being an artist? Um, well, I, I started off doing more uh, like studying graphic design. So I started studying typography and all those types of things since high school. Um, I couldn't decide whether I wanted to be an engineer, like drafting engineer, drawing, you know, parts and that kind of thing. Cause there was money to be made there an architect. Cause there's money to be made there, but I'm not the steadiest guy. I'm a left-hander. I go across the page. I smear, um, Attention span's not there. So after I did it for a little while, I was like, you know, probably not going to do either one of these things. Um, I'm a nerd for logos. So I'd always study, you know, like, hey, that fast food joint just changed. Now that color's, yeah. you know, 0.2 whatever off. Um, they didn't kern that properly. It looks funny or whatever. I was that guy. Um, so I wanted to go into graphic design and I got my degree and everything. And it's cutthroat. I mean, if you get down with a firm, awesome. You know, then you're in there for for life. You're doing some major stuff. But my heart was always on the nerd stuff. You know, I want to be able to draw superheroes. I want to be able to draw robots, ninjas, video games. I I want to do that. And not a lot of people are going to pay you to be a little kid still, because I've never fully grown up as middle aged as I am. I am a little kid. So. Um, I started looking into comics, like trying to send in submissions, seeing how I could self-publish, what could I do. Uh, and a buddy of mine that I've known since junior high school, and I started self-publishing. So we've done a couple of titles. He's a novelist, so he's written books. And we took his characters and kind of brought them into 
the graphic world. Um, and then I created a character and we kind of did that for a little while. We're coming up on 10 years of working together on those on the side. Um, and then he started getting into anthologies and different uh, horror themed books and kind of started doing that about the time that I fell into finally my niche, which, which is uh, cards. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's phenomenal. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the, um, we've, we've spoken to a few people who've got their own kind of character things going on. I'm just trying to think of what um, Jalen Warners is called. Mighty Moose. I think it's Mighty Moose. Yeah, yeah. yeah that sounds right. Yeah, because I saw I saw he was um, he was at um, uh, con recently, and I think he was sharing a uh, space with Greg from Rebel Base Card Podcast. Yeah, I saw uh, that he was actually on GI Joe at one point because he and I had a conversation. We were doing a live drawing session yeah. with Dre, oh, wow. and we were talking about all the GI Joe cards that I've drawn. And he was like, "Oh yeah, I was I've inked on GI Joe. I think he said he inked." And I was like, "Wow, like you know, you've been in the big leagues, so to speak, and whatever." And he kind of you know, Jalen's funny, so he kind of <laughs> laughed it <laughs> off. But I was like impressed but there's a lot of guys in there um they've worked on all these different properties and these different yeah. things so i'm just in all of them you know you have the conversations with them and hear the stories and it's like wow okay i didn't know you had worked on that or if you did you know you're just blown away by the, the fact that they did that yeah it's interesting yeah. i see gi joe is not on my radar at all it's not really big over here uh yeah. really um but i know uh, george vega who we had on as a guest, he does mm. loads of GI Joe stuff. I'm always seeing it on his feed, uh, like you know, blank covers and, and things like that. Um, so, so yeah. Um, so, what was your first Marvel set? Where did when did you get into Marvel? Um, Spider Man Homecoming, 2017 was when oh, I wow. came in. Okay. Um, right around the same time as Paul Hill. So we've kind of been buddies for a long time because we came in around the same time. Um, we started doing Webhead Wednesdays together, and then you know I'm a Hulk guy, so I kind of coaxed him into doing hulk smash saturdays with me and we got a whole bunch of people to join both colts which i'm grateful for so we've been cranking those <laughs> cards out uh, on those respective days so so rewind explain that to, for people who don't know what that is and where where they can find that yeah so on instagram he and i just started talking um he's very batman the animated series themed in some of his you know origin so to speak and also spider-man the animated series and we started talking about it and he was like yeah some of these character designs are beautiful uh we never get to draw them on the card sets um looking past the curtain there with the wizard of oz they, they just won't let us do it um we can't necessarily draw likenesses on a lot of the Marvel properties, whereas the Star Wars properties, it's expected. Like, hey, you need to try and get as close to this person's likeness as possible. And so when you have that and you have this wealth of backstory with Marvel in particular of all the different animation types that they've tried over the years, you know, semi-realistic, kind of a Hanna-Barbera looking thing in the beginning there where they had like the Grand Tree Lawrence stuff from the 60s, which I absolutely love that Spider-Man show from the 60s. It's great. Um we all grew up with those, whether it be on Saturday morning or after school or what have you. So he and I kicked around the idea. We started talking and he was like, yeah, I'm going to start doing a thing called Webhead Wednesday. I think a lot of other people are doing it, but we can kind of tune it ourselves to Spider-Man the Animated Series. So that's how we started. Um, I didn't have personal stock at the time. And I think we were just like, hey, in between sets, let's just bang out as many as we can. And we'll both post them and, uh, you know, you tag me in it and I'll share. So I would tag him in it and he would share it on his feed. Um and then I told him, I was like, you know, I kind of feel like old Jade Jaws needs some love. I'm going to start doing that on Saturdays. Is that cool? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kick in on that as well. 
Um, and then fast forward to now, we've got uh, several cohorts that uh, that join us on both, and we just post those. And I'm kind of like hashtag master. I've had a couple of people laugh at me and tell me, oh, you're hashtag master. Um, <laughs> because I like so many different properties, I started drawing Masters of the Universe quite a bit and got kind of a following there where people are like, hey, you should draw this character. You should draw this character. So I started doing Mo2 Monday. Um, so I was drawing obscure characters, toy lines that were made in other countries that were kind of knockoff or bootleg toy lines, uh, which led to me doing some work with some some folks that make custom toys, which is really cool. Um, so I did some of the backing art for their projects as well. So then I kept doing Motu Mondays. Then I found out there was a Marvel Monday. There's a Mutant Monday. So I jumped on those. Tuesdays, I started doing Transformer Tuesdays because I wanted to draw more Transformers. Uh, then I started doing Terradrome Tuesdays, which is the G.I. Joe reference. So I was doing that intermittently. Still had Webs Head Wednesday. Um, Thursday, we, we came up with Tonka Thursday because the company Tonka imported GoBots. Okay. Uh, I need an excuse to draw other robots. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do Tonka Thursday and then uh, Turtle Thursday. So we started doing TMNT off and on. And then um, Friday, I started doing Super Friday because I had I did a couple Superman pieces because um, how we were talking earlier about how you're either kind of in the Marvel camp or the DC camp. I'm one of those guys that I'm in the everybody camp. Um, <laughs> huge Superman fan. So I started drawing... I had one person contact me. He was a fan of my work, which I really appreciate. Anytime anybody's a fan of my work, obviously. Um, but we had a shared interest in mm. like Silver Age Superman stuff. A lot of the stuff that some Marvel fans are like, oh man, I hate all those stories. That That's the funnest stuff. It's just makes no sense. It's whimsical. He wanted villains and heroes from that whole thing. He would just commission me at random. You know, this week I think I'll have you do Mixus Pitlick. I'll have you do Brainiac. Okay. So that turned into Super Friday. So I started doing DC properties on Fridays. I um, was already doing Hulk Smash Saturday. And then I was like, you know, I don't have any image going on here. I'm going to be Spawn Sunday. So Webhead Wednesday branched into <laughs> seven days a week. Basically. Yeah, you are busy, busy man. That's amazing. Say, wow. That escalated quickly. Much to my wife's chagrin. There. <laughs> that's yeah. that's just um i i i uh, have you heard the song by craig david where he goes took her for a drink on monday we were having like that one i'm gonna play yeah. that at the end of the show um because okay. i want to because it seems to sum it up really uh either that or sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday love sunday monday you ever heard that song no yeah no? yeah have you heard um, that song norn who is that? Yes, it's... Sparks. Is that Sparks? Yes. yes, I think it is. Yes. There we go. Pretty good. Well done. Pretty good. Well done. We got... good. I, don't, I just saw the documentary. I had no idea who they were beforehand. But I just saw that. Yeah. We've got a number of copyright breaches we can we can establish for the end of the show. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna the whole episode is gonna be heard like this. So everybody, and that's it. That's gonna be the whole show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I I'm uh I <laughs> You're like you're like a one-man universal translator of pop culture. It's great. That's great. I, that's awesome. Can I copyright that? And put that yeah, on you can Twitter? have that. That's, you can have that's that. For free. Awesome. Stick it on a t-shirt. Yeah, uh, that's a bio right there. I can see a Marvel logo on your t-shirt. Tell yep. me what's below. What's below? Oh, it's just the Marvel comics. Uh, oh, okay. I wasn't sure. McFarlane Spider-Man is underneath oh, it. Oh. So that's that's one of oh, my gosh. influences there. Like, came in there, left-handed guy. And I'm like, hey, I'm left-handed. I don't like playing by the rules. I like this guy. Um, <laughs> and it was the 90s. I mean, you when you, if you could figure out certain artists, and I hate to be a left-handist in regards to stuff, because Mars like, really? Are you talking about that again? Um, but it really is a thing. It's like... Um, I don't know. 
just a, it's a different, different world, so to speak. Um, and you kind of, I just spot people like, I'm like, Hey, left-handed, left-handed watching TV, yeah. left-handed, left-handed. She kind of laughs at me. Um, but I kind of latched onto that. I was like, Hey, there's a couple of guys, uh, out there that are left-handed and I could see it in their work. And so then you start paying a little more attention, like, Oh, wow, cool. Cause they might have tight line work, but most of the time it's, you know, nice and loose and fast. And that's how I do my, my line work is very minimal. My wife even knows now like, okay, he's you know, rough lines and he's going to hit it with the color and his depth contrast is kind of where I found is my, I don't even know if you want to call it trademark because I don't obviously own a trademark on it, but everybody's kind of known for something. You know, sometimes they'll have, yeah, it's my sweet spot. Like people, oh, it's high contrast. Maybe he did that. Um, that and my signature are usually the two things where people are like, hey, I know that guy. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, actually. But before we go on to your signature, what's the expression in boxing when someone's left hand? Is it Southpaw? Southpaw. Southpaw. There we go. There we go. So on one of my uh, self-published comics, the editor was Lefty Niwat. Niwat is a Native American tribe here in Colorado, the chief of which was left-handed. Um, I think I had like Southpaw Jones or something like that. Like they were all left-handed references because I was doing – it was kind of like how Prince was like Jamie Starr and he was producing everybody at one point. Okay. I'm like, who is this Jamie Starr? It was really him. <laughs> I was doing everything on the books. I was lettering. I was coloring. I was inking, whatever. Well, we didn't – I can't really say color because they were black and white, but I did a lot of the cover work. Um, so I was putting all these different people that they did it, but it was just me being That's cool. and weird. Um, so yeah, the signature came from, um, I worked with a lady. She is from Japan and we were talking one day cause she was watching me, uh, way back when, Oh, I don't know. I was probably early twenties. I worked in a semiconductor factory with her and we would have to load these machines and you had a wand where you'd load them. Well, the way that the machines were set up, sometimes it was more awkward to be left or right-handed depending on what furnace. Well, I'm almost ambidextrous. I'm pretty close. So I could flip and I could load right-handed and then a flip and load left-handed. So that led to her and I having a conversation because you'd have people come over and double-check your load. You'd load wafers, uh, kind of wafers that they would cut the semiconductors out of into these machines. And she came over to double-check me and she's like, oh, you're left-handed. She's like, when I was a little girl, a lot of the times they would try and correct that or they wouldn't have taught you katakana, which is, you know, writing in Japan in that particular script. Um, and I was like, that's interesting. And she's like, yeah, yeah, let me show you. And she just started kind of writing some things down. We had like these little tablets because we were in a clean room. So we had clean room paper and we had little Sharpie markers. And she started writing some of the alphabet down. And I was like, that is really cool. I was like, I'm not a big numbers guy. I'm the worst at math. I call it M-A-F-F. Um, I see shapes. So, you know, that's why I look at my wife. I'm like, hey, how much should I charge for this? Because I'm not good at the math. And she just laughs at me. Anyway, um, <laughs> I saw the shapes and I was like, that is beautiful. Um, do you think you could show me how to write that? And she's like, yeah, I just wrote your name right here. That's your that's how you write your first name right there. Um, so I started practicing it and that became my signature as kind of a tribute to her and a tri wow. tribute to being left-handed. And in the eighties, they had these little smelly erasers. Um, I don't even, I call them erasers, but they're pencil holders mm. and they would try and break you out of the habit of, cause I write, I hold my pencil like this. I rest on my, what is it? Third finger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All, all worn oh, out there. Wow. You can see from markers and teachers are trying to correct me to write more like a right-hander where I'm holding the pencil properly um, in quotations. So, yeah, uh, us having that conversation about how when she was a little girl, they probably would have tried to make me write right-handed or learn a different way in order to write in school. Now, obviously, they don't do that anywhere, but it used to be a thing. I was like, you know, this is kind of a cool 
thing you know differentiates me because before that I was just signing in cursive and left-handers hate cursive. I hate cursive. And if you ever see me writing anything, it's all caps and it's in print. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so everybody always thinks I'm yelling at them. <laughs> Why are you yelling at me when you're writing? I'm not. I just that's it. Look, that's how I write. I don't like doing the little little letters. So even on my uh, email addresses and things, I if I write them down for people, they're like, "Is it all caps?" Oh, sorry, yeah, it's all lowercase. Yeah. To be honest, with you, email addresses is one of the common things. People think it matters. It doesn't. With web yeah. addresses and email addresses, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> you could send it; it'd be absolutely fine. Now, just looking at your signature here on a on a piece that you did for uh, T. Bray Unique um, uh, Vampire set, and it's really it's really interesting and clear. I've, I've I've often wondered about what it was I was seeing. I knew it was your kind of mark, as it were, but it reminded me of um, it's an artist called Stephen Miller who's no longer active in cards, whose work I'm sure you've seen, but he's mm-hmm. he's very much um, a fan of, and indeed if you go to his website, you'll see his work is very much a Japanese style, very fine lines, um, beautiful, and his signature's a very similar kind of vibe going on to it. Um, yeah, I almost uh, wore a Mazinger t-shirt today, and I was like, I remember how much you gave Paul the business for uh, rocking some DC stuff. So I was like, you know, we're not doing that today. We're going to wear some Marvel. Um, yeah, I, I came in at the time for Japanese super robots, like as a little kid. Mazinger Z and like Getter Robo and Great Radin and all these giant robots. I fell in love with them as a little kid. You know, and they had the jumbo machinders where they were like the giant plastic robots. I've got a couple of them in the other room on, on top of my shelving in there. Um, so I got into that pretty early. I was like, oh, look at all these robots. And a lot of artists don't like drawing robots. I, lo- I love drawing robots and mechs uh. and suits and things like that. So that was kind of a gateway anyway. It just all kind of played out. It just kind yeah. of worked out that, that all, way. She all roads led to here. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a conversation I had with my wife. She's like, you know, you beat your head against the wall. I tried to do fine art. I tried to do – I didn't like watercolor at first, but now because of the Copics and because of doing the work that we did, I became somebody that loved watercolor. So there for a while, it was just everything was watercolor, watercolor. Um, you see these people do acrylics, and I, I learned to airbrush because a lot of the early card sets that I saw, I'm like, wow, look at how they did with the airbrush. So – I tried to get a job doing T-shirts at the mall at one point in the 90s, if I'm not dating myself even further here. Um, Yeah, I I showed up with a uh, McFarlane Spider-Man, oddly enough. I was probably like... I don't even know, 24 by 36, like a poster turned sideways that I had wow. airbrushed all the webs and all of the, you know, everything behind them, the buildings and the whole thing. And the lady was like, can you do cursive, though? And I'm like, oh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Not the biggest fan. Uh, it was down to me and another guy. And I mean, he ran circles around me. He was probably in his 40s at that point and could just go. So I didn't end up getting that job. But, you know. That's hilarious. Well, Patelis, uh, Dimitris, right? He's uh, he's airbrush, right? Isn't that right? From '95. I'm I'm gonna nod. I've got no idea. Uh, we've not we've not been fortunate enough to speak to him yet, and I don't. I'm not. I wasn't. I'm not. I'm not that familiar with different styles to know what I see when I see it. If that makes sense. Um, Let me make sure. His, his stuff certainly looks different to the other guys. That's for sure. This is a really popular thing now. Like uh, you know, Bianca Thompson does airbrush yeah um, does. there's a lot, lot of people that do colored pencil now on a lot of the star wars sets and then they'll hit it with airbrush and it just looks gorgeous um, yeah. i'd love to yeah, do it true. but i'm so sloppy i mean i'd end up with 
<laughs> ink everywhere. <laughs> I, mean, I still airbrush every once in a while. I've got a compressor sitting, I don't know, about two feet from me here uh, next to an old Nintendo Wii box that's on the floor for some random reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I, I still dabble, um, but I'm more – once I got into the, the markers and just – them drying as quickly as they do being alcohol based with the Copics. Um, it kind of hit the sweet spot because I could go in layers because I kind of already look mm. at things in layers with the depth and the contrast, trying to get volume in my work. I'm like, Hey, I can create this light source and just, I, I see the finished picture and just go at that point. Wow. So that helps with That's the, cool. uh, with getting the cards done, you know, cause I'm like, Oh, okay. It should look like this. And then I finish it. And sometimes I'm like, eh, <laughs> not quite what I intended, um, but most of the time, you know, it comes out fairly close. Um, and then I'm always trying to tweak it. One line, oh, deadline, next card, move on. And I think yeah. that's been really helpful for me too. Is that cards usually have a tight deadline, so that keeps you from going. Oh, I can hit this one more time. Nope, you're done. Got yeah, other stuff to work on. on. So what's been so what's been like your highest count on one particular set that you've done? Um, I've done a few where I was hundred and twenty ish range, I'd say. Wow. Yeah. Um the Rick and Morty sets that I did for Cryptozoic, those were all one twenties, all three sets for season one, two, and three. Um Beast. Couple of the Marvel sets have been 120 um but yeah, yeah well, I, I, saw, I stick to 30 if i can um somewhere around in yeah. there just something i can juggle different sets all at once yeah so you can be at different properties that's smart yeah i saw i was looking at your page which i can't you're okay buddy i can't believe i wasn't following you i don't know how that happened um i was looking at through my friends i was like i know i've seen jason's work multiple times um <laughs> but i was looking through it and i saw that you did uh allure recently yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that so was a fun. That was a fun set to work on. Wolverine looks great, man. Everything looks good. I mean, everything looks good. Period. But you did Masterworks as well for Star Wars. Uh, it's so interesting to see you doing a lore too. Um, I mean, that's really fascinating. So, have so do you primarily stick to that kind of marker style? Have you messed with other styles anyway? Like, did you work on anime and decide to do something a little different there? Um. Yeah. I first off, I appreciate you enjoying the of work course. like i said that, that means a lot to me um anime i went i went all in on anime i did kind of an anime style like i deliberately switched styles and drew in an anime style um that's so cool i'm a huge horror fan in terms of gothic horror like 70s marvel horror um that's kind of how i introduced my wife to stuff was like goofy sci-fi 50s dc stuff and 70s marvel horror to kind of give her a range like here look at how cool this stuff is um because i'm almost 10 years older than her so it was kind of like here let me introduce you to this stuff that you haven't seen before and um she ate it right up. She was like, oh, this is right in my wheelhouse and, you know, started reading and getting into the characters and being more involved in that. And so I try and sneak 70s Marvel characters in that are horror related. Sometimes they don't make it, shall we say. Um, oh. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll try and get them in there. You know, I'll do a Dracula here or there, or Werewolf by Night. Or, uh, um, so I grew up on a lot of that stuff because as a kid, they kind of encouraged me. I had an uncle that was just graduating high school. Um, he wasn't that much older than me. And so, you know, we'd go and there's a spinner rack at seven 11 and he's like, what do you want to get? Ah, this guy, nah, 
don't tell your grandma, you know, and he'd get whatever. You know? like, <laughs> uh, stuff. Oh, look at this werewolf. Look at this vampire. And that's kind of where I started. So like the, the, a lot of the stuff that I did initially was horror themed. And then you look at, you know, like Don Perlin or you look at mm-hmm. uh, Gene Cologne, a lot of these artists that are on those early works. I started trying to emulate that first. And then mm-hmm. you get into the 80s and you've got, you know, Alan Davis and Art Adams and John Byrne and all these people. So I started kind of, oh, I'll tweak my style that way. And then, yeah. um, you know, the 90s happened and everybody's doing image and it's like, OK, let's try and do kind of an imagey style or whatever. So I've transitioned through different things. I like a, more of a classic style. So I've tried to get to a happy medium between classic and the way I see things and still yeah. have enough of that anime reference because I've drawn so many cartoons um, right? where people are like, hey, have you ever drawn this this particular toy franchise? Because I'm a huge toy collector. Uh, we were kind of talking about that. Um, so I would I sneak stuff in based on that. I'm like, hey, how did this look in the animation? I don't want it to look so different when yeah. I transition it into my style. So a long-winded answer to your question. I've tried to encapsulate enough things that if I need to swing one way or another in particular, yeah. I can, I can do that. That's amazing. I mean, I think, I mean, versatility, right? That's a huge strength of an artist and to be able to do that. I think anime was really fun for a lot of artists because it, it gave them it this little, you know what I mean? I mean, I know a lot of people were at first, like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> like, I'm not doing the TV. <laughs> I remember people saying funny stuff like that. Um, not me. But I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, you liking the chibi. But I remember hearing, I don't think it was Warner. It was somebody else who was saying, I don't want to do chibis. I don't know, man, <laughs> um, who mentioned it to me. But I th- I think that anime was really good for a lot of Marvel card artists because it gave this kind of like different style. And, and I was talking about this somewhere else recently, but older sketch cards really allowed you to have your own style in them. You know what I mean? Really, you know, like... Uh, gosh, Katie Cook, right? Style was very, very different back in the day. Uh, not different as of her style now, but she could actually have that style in sketch cards. I don't know if so much you get a lot of that now, unless it is through a set like anime, unfortunately. Um, having that kind of, um, you know, uh, original take to your own style and bringing in fun things like that. Because, you know, Marvel's and Star Wars now, especially Star Wars with their hyper reels and kind of like, uh, you know, guides and so forth. You don't really get a lot of ability to be creative with what style you bring to Star Wars. You know what I mean? Hopefully that kind of changes with Marvel and Star Wars in the future and you could have that kind of ability. You know what I mean? To see different styles and stuff. But I think uh, it's I, awesome that you've been able to do that. I agree wholeheartedly. No, there's definitely certain guidelines. Um, and sometimes that being constrained in the guidelines, like them saying, okay, these are things you can and cannot do. Yeah is great for creativity because you're like, okay, how am I going to pull this off? Like in my mind, this has a very seventies look. And if I were lighting this based on colors in the background, it would be more of a blue tone. They don't want that blue tone on that particular character because it's, you know, out of context for the character. Um, yeah. can't do it. And I think that's kind of why we started doing all the hashtag stuff. Like I was like, Oh, well I'm going to do it this way, but I'm drawing Firestar, uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friend style on my own time. 
because I want to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we kind of use it as an outlet. Like that's that's where you vent on paper, so to speak. Where it's like I really wanted to draw this take on this character. Like if you were to want to draw, um, I don't even know, like an Al Williams style '70s Darth Vader, and kind of make it a fun bluish color, like it was on the old four panel where they're laying down like the plates, or it's got yeah, yeah, colors. Yeah. I'm gonna do this even more of a magenta and slightly off just to make it look '70s. I uh, can't do that. Uh, my stock, I can. That's kind of where I started kicking around the idea of the stock, and I yeah. saw saw people doing uh, so many different kinds of stock. Like I've got a Masters of the Universe stock I started with now, and then the Sega stock. But I've seen people do like pro set football cards. Um, there were particular wow. pro sets years where people just loved them, and then they did a lot of the Impel Marvel stuff like early on. So they will do it where it looks just like it. I've seen cons do that too, announcing guests, and then they'll give away cards with like the artist's face on it, and then on the back it'll have kind of like a bio of the set they oh, wow. worked on and stuff. Yeah. So that got my juices flowing to go, okay, what am I going to do? What what will be different? And that's how I landed. Um on doing the Sega business cards first, and they're the exact shape of and size of the sticker on an original Sega card. So if you ever have one of my business cards, you line it up, you could put it on the cartridge and it'll look like it was the sticker. That's hilarious. Um, but in doing that, a buddy of mine, I have a, a lot of friends here in Colorado where I live that own comic book stores. I've been fortunate enough to make friends with a lot of people that are retailers. So I can kind of have a bug in their ear and say, well, what's selling? What's popular? What's cool? What characters are you seeing a kind of an interest in? So I try and work that in along with my weird tastes of oh, I'm sneaking in the 70s Marvel horror guy or I'm sneaking in. Nobody knows this guy. He's kind of a mort. He's like fifth tier. I try and uh, – Sometimes I'll boggle some of the other artists because they're like, who are you going to do now? And I'm like, well, this guy's like fifth tier. Like you'd have to have an out of print Marvel Universe from 82 to find this guy. Then he was in the dead version in 86 or 87. You know, he's he's long since passed. I'll draw him and see if he'll go. Th- oh, he made it. Yes, the guy's weird. <laughs> um, so I'll kind of put a bug in their ear. And one of my buddies that owns one of the shops, he's like, you need to just take that Sega thing and make a card out of it. He's like, I don't know why you didn't do that to begin with. So all credit to him. I was like, you know what? It's time. Let me just go ahead and do it. And so far, the response has been pretty positive. I've only had those out for maybe two months, month and a half. Oh, wow. For some Um, reason, they feel like they've been around for longer, but I guess it, it feels like such a good fit. Yeah. yeah, the blog has been a couple years. I've had that on my blog. I've had That's that right. on yeah. my page. So the iconography's been there, but the cards yeah. themselves, recent. Oh, yeah. It's a recent edition. I think it was Free Comic Book Day was the first time I really started using them. So, yeah. and that was at his shop. You know, I was like, "Hey, buddy, you get the first card out of it," and I gave him a card I had done for him. He's a huge Venom and Carnage guy. So I was like, "Here you go." And then I've been trying to fill them up ever since. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. Cool, I love it. What's your um in terms of Marvel then, what's your most recent ones that you can think of that are that you class as quite obscure that you've been dropping in, or characters that you wish you could drop in but you haven't yet done so? Mm. There's a little there's a little pop quiz for you. Because I'm I'm yeah. all about the thing is, uh, while you think about that, I'm always amazed. We have a friend who's got an encyclopedic knowledge of X-Men. Uh, brand mm-hmm. and so whenever anyone's got an issue with uh, uh, you know, what character it is he'll know oh yeah it was in this storyline it was this thing and it'll be issue and he'll, he'll just reel it off like this yeah and i don't be- i don't believe he's sitting there with dr google because he's often at work so you know it's uh, <laughs> it's 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 quite frightening how he does it um but when it comes to x-men i know you can go really deep you know i tend to gravitate more towards spider-man because that's my thing but um but you can get some really obscure references. 
coming yeah, in there. We've seen a few artists doing that to keep things fresh as well. There's, there's some crazy ones in there. Um, trying to think. I mean, I, I had White Rabbit and Kangaroo on one Spider-Man set. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've, I don't know. I've done some pretty obscure ones. I'm trying to think. In terms of ones I've done, I mean, like Angar the Screamer. How fun would that be to sneak that guy in there? He's weird. Um, <laughs> He's weird. Like the, the Morts. Like whenever somebody's like, that guy's a total Mort. Why was he even in an episode or an issue or uh, on that? particular whatever it is it could be uh, an annual that was released somewhere else that we didn't even see in the states and somebody will pull it up and i'm like that color yeah. scheme is awesome why is that so weird uh, there's a lot of them i wish i could just you know do i have a buddy of mine that's a uh we call him the transformer rain man because it's the same kind of a thing do you remember what series this particular transformer came out and he's like and he'll know the year, the time it was released, the different oh variants, the different amazing. countries, the what weapons it came with. And you're just like, wow. And he doesn't oh. even have a phone in his hand or anything. He just rattles it off. And you're like, dude, I, I can't. I filled my brain with all these other things like paying bills and stuff. I don't know how you do that. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think because I know there's a bunch, um, particularly with Spider-Man. I mean, I, we've had all these conversations about, you know, who has the best rogues gallery. Mm. And I'm saying Batman – Spider-Man are right there at the top and the flash have like amazing villains. X-Men's there for sure. Like those are probably the four best in the conversations I've had with people because they'll pull somebody like it's a random character. It does the same thing as this other character, but the costume's different. The appearances have been different. Yeah. Uh, the way that it's handled is different. So those are usually where I try and go. Um, and like I said, I try and work in the weird Hulk stuff. Like I've gotten my <laughs> beast in on a few sets. I've gotten Zach's in on a few sets. Um, always sneak, try and sneak the leader in when I can. Everybody always wants <laughs> an abomination. So I'll get him in there. Um, Harpy I've done on my own set, like my own stock, but I haven't snuck her in there yet. I'd love to do Harpy. That would be fun. Jarella, uh, um, like princess Jarella from that whole time when Hulk got shrunk down and was miniaturized and fell in love and, <laughs> That was a fun storyline. I think I was a little kid. This is all over my head. Yeah, I was going to say that's when you started saying more of Spidey or X-Men. I mean, like I said, I'm a Hulk guy, so that's kind of where I go. Zenmu, I mean, they did build a figure of him, and I was like, wow, really? Yeah, there's a Marvel Legends card of him. That's hilarious. That's super cool. Like, I never thought I'd see him, you know, in anything, much less a figure of him. So, Armadillo. I saw that they made a figure Armadillo. of him. Too, and I'm actually, like, I don't Armadillo's know why a cool I know one. that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's a bunch why. out there. There's there a bunch out there. Well, there's yeah. a lot of Hulk uh, Marvel sets, actually, funny enough, which I never, I'm like, I'm going through the checklist now for other reasons. And I, I, I saw, and like, they've done Incredible Hulk. They've done a lot of Hulk sets, actually. More than I, uh, more than I thought, movie ones and uh, comic publishing ones. And they're beautiful cards, gorgeous cards. Doesn't get a lot of play, but they're there. Yeah, I was going to say, he's not, I mean, he's a popular character, but he's not front He's not like the, right, he's also not like, it's not, you know, whenever you think of the big world, you think Spider-Man, X-Men, Hulk is like three or four down in a strange way. But there's a lush, lush, lush storyline, lush everything about Hulk that's not really advertised a lot, which is interesting. I'm trying to remember where it was. I think it was a documentary I was watching where they say that uh, 
I want to say it was like where you're 10 or 12, something like that. Up until your 10th or 12th birthday, the way that you encounter certain mythologies determines your word of worldview on those mythologies in particular. Mm. So like in terms of a pop culture, like if that was your time stamp, let's say you came in on the 89 Batman movie, for an example, that's going to be your Batman. Like anything that came out around that time, you came, you know, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man, everything around that time frame is going to be your your take on the character, pop culturally speaking. Um, hmm. I, I came in Lou Ferrigno Hulk, so maybe that's why. Um, but when I was a kid, it was Hulk and Spider-Man and Captain America were your big three for Marvel. They were on your pajamas. They were on your lunch boxes. They were on everything. Hmm. Um, DC always had their trinity, and then there would be a fourth player. So it would be Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash for a couple years. Then it was Shazam for a couple years. So I'm a big Captain Marvel guy. I don't like calling him Shazam. I, I hate that. Um, <laughs> but they would wrote, yeah, I just, it drives me nuts. I'm like, hey, that's, that's Captain great. Marvel. But they bring in a, a, fourth, <laughs> a fourth person. Marvel sometimes had a fourth person, so to speak. Barely. But like, it would usually be like a property, yeah. you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, like I remember Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing, like, it's funny. I was looking up something like shirts or whatever, because Target always has like the rotating shirts, right? And I just saw it recently. Like, they had a shirt with four characters on it, and I think it was Iron Man because you know the MCU movies, Spider Man. Um, it wasn't Hulk. It was probably Spider-Man, Captain America, Iron Man. And I just can't remember the fourth one. But you're right. There is this kind of rotation that occurs there for sure. It's happened with Surfer. Like if you were born in the 70s, Surfer was on that rotation. Like I've seen a lot of 70 T-shirts where Surfer pops in there. Um, that's so funny. That's interesting. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, like we were talking about, I mean, I, I pop culture, I study it. Like it's a thing yeah. just because my brain's always obsessed with, I mean, this is our modern mythology. This is kind of what we came Absolutely up true. looking into. And uh, yeah, surfer there for a while, Dr. Strange in the seventies, Dr. Strange. Of, yeah. A, a fourth one. Um, and so that's where my love of that character came from. It's like, Oh cool. He was one of the guys that always got along with the Hulk for a while there until the Illuminati. Yes. Stuff. But you know, it's I like team ups, man. I love yeah, the oh, team ups. I'm up. The team ups are the best. Yeah, well, or you don't know, get me started funny, on team ups. I, I, <laughs> I love it's them. great. I mean, honestly, I was just looking at because my uh, a friend of mine is obsessed about it. Um, this card from I guess it's Fleer Ultra with Spider Man and Wolverine on it. But Fleer Ultra was very good set for team up cards. You know, they even did it in 2017. Um, I don't know what it is. There's always this really cool thing that happens when you see characters teaming up with characters from the other universes around them. I even loved it when it happened on the animated series, because mm. every once in a while you would see Iron Man come in and you're like, oh, shoot, what's Iron Man doing here? That's it was just, yeah, yeah. that's what Marvel have always really done is that there yeah. is this awareness of a bigger universe. I remember when you know, yeah. I was saying when we were talking to Ingrid about my my first american spider-man comics that i bought you know three months oh that's right the web since amazing yeah. spider-man peter parker spectacular and uh, uh yeah amazing spectacular and web yeah three of them and for about three months i was able to get all three issues for some reason i don't know why i think they were so random when they would come into we didn't have like spinner racks as, as you you guys did you know it was, it was hit and miss as to whether they'd load you know the comics onto a boat that would make it to the uk to be distributed <laughs> shops you know i mean it, that was literally what it is um here's a little random fact here um it's um i've got some issues here which are really low grade 
um, of key issues, and I got them at the time because they were affordable. Now they're, you know, I, not so many of them around. They're called ballast copies because they would be the, the the bundle of comics. You think about when they come out the printers, you know, they're in these big stacks, and yeah, they're literally like with these, like bands around them and they're loaded on like newspapers get delivered and the ballast copies would be the ones at the bottom of the boat that got a bit of water on them so they're often water damaged so you can get what's called ballast copies that are water damaged copies but you can get some really key issues at an affordable price so my amazing spider-man 121 122 death of um gwen and death of uh, green goblin are ballast copies which uh wow yeah which i got for a good price back in the day because they were just a little bit rippled you know they're dried out and they're readable you know the pages open they're just yeah but anyway in that tap tap condition sorry that was that was a real that was a real side quest but um but yeah um, but that whole universe things but it's there's been quite a few characters who've had issues so the the main one everyone will be aware is marvel team up which was basically spider-man and a another so it would either be a new person because they were trying someone out but they're doing less of the tryout That's stuff right. in the 80s That's the right. tryout stuff was like marvel premiere and stuff in the 70s um and then you had um marvel two in one which was a thing plus a another uh you had marvel comics presents which was primarily oh, yeah. wolverine but you had runs where it was either colossus as the main one or hawkeye as the main one that was a real hodgepodge and mishmash and i love those because i don't you know i i don't and can't afford to and haven't got room to have runs of thor have runs of fantastic four and actually both of those i think i i, I find quite boring to read personally and I, I didn't kind of get into them um uh, Iron Man, for the same reasons Avengers. It's kind of uh, okay if you're into Avengers, you kind of got that crossover anyway, to some degree with the X Men. And then Defenders was great because that was kind of a rotating thing. But you could buy one issue and get a real taste of everything that was happening in the Marvel world from Marvel Team Up, which is why I love it because it's Spider Man hmm. plus someone else. Right? It's great. That's really it. cool. I forgot well, kinda, about that. You, you both kind of set the ball there for me using a volleyball term. Um, <laughs> in terms of team-up books, I mean, World's Finest over mm. DC, ba- Superman and Batman. I mean, as a kid, I loved that book. Um, and the Marvel ones, I mean, you were you were talking about the thing's always been one of my favorite characters and the way he interacts with people. So two-in-one, I mean, I've got, I've got the essentials sitting here, but two-in-one, um, all the Marvel team-up books. And the way I got into having any sort of comics, you know, um, there was a place, it was called Solo's Bike Shop. It was about two blocks from my great-grandmother's house. He would have books where the covers had been ripped off or, you know, there's a page missing, that kind of thing. That's where I got the bulk of my comics when I was a teenager, or not even a teenager, when I was in elementary school. So, what, eight, nine years old? Um, I think I got my She-Hulk number one from him. Um, there's a bunch of comics that I got from him wow. specifically similar to the ballast where they were just, Oh, these were on the top. It got ripped. I'm selling them for a dime. Well, I'll take an entire stack of those and a whole bunch of Jolly Ranchers and I'll see you later. And I was off to the races. I mean, <laughs> I'd go find a place to read and Marvel so universe. That's where I got a lot of these marks from is reading those Marvel universes and seeing, you know, all of the, what exactly what you're talking about. It was interweaved. This character interacted with this character. Now he's fighting his villains for these two issues. And I just absorbed all of it. Just reading it and read, Oh, this guy crossed over. He was in captain America, but he's usually a Spider-Man villain. Awesome. And just kind of, I mean, that's where I got them. They were all coverless comics. I was buying them for a penny or a dime a piece, depending on what he was selling them for. And that's where the stack came from. And I, I read them. 
know, that's what they were for. So now sometimes when I meet people and they're like, I had that issue and it's, it's, you know, nine, eight or what. And I'm like, I remember reading it, smelling it. Yeah. Like my friends yeah. and I are weird. My smell wife was last. We'll pick it up and just smell the book. And she's like, I almost bought you a candle. Apparently there's a candle scent out there now that smells like seventies newsprint. Wow. And she's like, I might buy some of that for your basement so that you can just have that smell flowing around. That'd be like, a wow. good smell, though. And I'm like, that's a beautiful idea, you know? Or have it as like a shape, like like those Christmas tree pine things, but in the shape of a comic book. <laughs> just hang that them around the cool. office. Uh-huh. See, that's yeah. the way to do it. Now you're talking. I think yeah. it's one of those candles that comes in a tin. Like it's got bang, pow, biff, all the noises oh, on it. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Yeah. She's kicking around the idea. I might have to see if she still has. I don't know if it's on Etsy or where she saw it, but she's like, yeah, smells like old newsprint. Cause that's the first thing we'll do. If she's with me and my friends, we'll go to a con or something. And it's like, okay, we've been drawing or talking for hours. I'm going to get up and kind of walk. I go and I go, oh, and I just smell like, wow, look at this. Look at this book. It's like, Oh, wow. And then your brain goes so back good. to those, you know, torn yeah. off covers and Sunday afternoons or even in the summer sitting there in a tree house or in the grass or something and crab apples and candy and reading those comics and just going, wow, I never knew that guy fought Daredevil, too. I wonder who would win <laughs> in a fight between. And that's your conversation for Monday. See, when back that's the conversation. I love it. Well, even in the 90s uh, and you said they have Spider-Man Presents, they put a whole insert set where, where Spider-Man is interviewing the different characters mm-hmm. like Marvel's always been really good about that really good about that no I love that stuff so much I remember god I remember smelling all those comic books all the time I mean I was always looking I was pretty obsessed with Surfer straight out the gate I don't even know I don't, I don't understand it just hit it hit the nerve like I was reading the book and it was a Ron Lim Surfer I think it was issue 75 or 74 and I remember the issue surface on the front cover and he's being fought by Captain Atlas and Dr. Minerva and uh, the opening pages are is a surfer sitting by the by a lake and all the all these animals are around him and it's just really peaceful and he's just waxing poetic about being able to kind of exist in this kind of quiet moment and then chaos breaks out right he's not wanting to fight but they keep forcing him to fight and i just remember that just i mean it just hit a nerve with me and i was just like man this is so so i don't know it just felt really i felt really close to the character there and all of a sudden it was just this kind of like looking at all these old issues and going to comic book stores and yeah i was like seven or eight i forget now yeah that's it the original cover is purple i think that's the reprint but i love that yeah the purple one 79 there you go there's one limb 92 look at that I love that's yeah, my first. That was my first. We we all have that character or or several characters. Like Ghost Rider is another one of mine, oh, and it's it's funny. I mean, obviously you're 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 a big surfer fan. So is my son. So is my really son. he? Oh yeah, my son's um, Spidey's his first love, but the surfer's right there, and that's one of those interesting stories. So I'm all into the horror stuff, right? So I'm reading Ghost Rider, and I'm telling him about Mephisto. And I'm telling him about how all these demons are and everything. And so he starts kind of looking through some of my Marvel universes when he was small. I mean, they grew up, both of my children. Um, my daughter's a professional wrestler. Um, so they grew up with my my loves of things. Like my son draws. He doesn't feel like he's as good, but he's he's awesome. Um, 
they both kind of like, oh, okay, dad listens to that kind of music. So she'll go off and like this kind and he'll like this kind. And I'm a pretty eclectic guy. Like I like all kinds of different music. Movies, she'll kind of like this. He'll kind of like that. TV shows, that kind of thing. Same thing with, with comics. They would branch wow. off into their own characters based on, oh, he kind of liked that. So I'm sitting there talk, telling him about uh, you know Ghost Rider crossed over and then there's these demons and they're going on with this. And he's like, Mephisto looks really cool. Who's that silver guy? And it just – and then he was small. Pretty soon it started being, hey, if you're, you know, I'm buying stuff, can I get that Silver Surfer? Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he was always into Silver Surfer. Spider-Man was his his main thing and still is, but Silver Surfer, that's like right there for him. So I think that's funny because, I mean, and it branched off of me talking about, you know, Doctor Strange and Ghost Rider well, I mean, and Mephisto all- and the Darkhold <laughs> and all this stuff. And he just kind of went this way with it. And I was like, that's really cool, man. I'm glad you found the Surfer. Um, and then oh, I brought him so back cool. into Fantastic Four stuff because I loved all the old Lee and Kirby. Like I read reprints and I was like, look at all this universe building that they were doing. I mean, that that starts it. You know, if, if Martin Goodman and Stanley hadn't been talking about, hey, we need a Justice League and Kirby hadn't left D.C. and was like, hey, I have some ideas. Who knows what we would be talking about? You know, so if you look at the genesis of it and it's just amazing, it's just like they had the forethought to interact it and build it from the ground up that way. Yeah. And it just branches. And then you meet people and they're like, okay, I'm really into X-Men. I like this character. Oh, I remember. And it, it goes into your own fandom of whatever your yes. realm of the Marvel Universe is, so to speak. It, it is. And, and and like you said, it really is this kind of special thing where because all those issues of team up, because of all those things where Marvel characters were talking to other Marvel characters in other universes, that kind of mirrors what the fandom can do. Right. It mirrors how we all talk to each other and how we remember things because it is so interconnected. Yeah. And Kirby stuff. I mean, you know, my, my, my favorite one of my favorite MC movies is probably Thor Ragnarok simply for the fact not only because it's a good script but also because the scenes right in ragnarok is all created from kirby art like that's why you have those colors they purposely looked at kirby work like i think they mentioned the behind the scenes stuff it's not an astute observation that i made out of my own (laughs) wisdom it was something they mentioned i'm giving you you that um but they mentioned that you know they took the kirby art and they were like you know dc's very dark right has this kind of dark tones and this beautiful like the newest batman movie was killer beautifully done lit perfectly noir very clean and very seven and um you know the marvel kind of pulled jack kirby kind of colors and and shapes and i mean that style i mean when he made surfer and made a lot of characters they were just like and like surfer was just supposed to be a cosmic entity like he wasn't even supposed to really be deep. That was all Stan Lee who kind of worked that in there, which is crazy. But Kirby was just, you know, Galactus, the Eternals. You know what I mean? There's just this kind of stuff that was done that was so brilliantly, you know, maneuvered into Marvel Comics that really defined their aesthetic. It's pretty cool to see. It's pretty cool to see how all this kind of comes full circle. Yeah, it just all ties into each other. And he, I mean, he was studying theology basically through his entire career. Jack yeah. Kirby was like, you know, this really interests do a new pantheon of this or that depending on what company he was at well i'm gonna go in opposite direction this way or that way and it's still being felt to this day um i just i don't know it's something to study on it i noticed a lot of those panels too because there's a lot of like i think it's like kirby is king it's this huge like tabletop edition book yes i i saw some of the as they were showing it i was like wow okay and i liked a lot of the uh, thor stuff when i was a kid because um i always liked mythology 
So like yeah. my character in particular is a horror character, but he's his he's basically the Frankenstein monster, but his body is a teenage titan, like a teen titan. Uh, but a, cool. he's basically a titan from Greek myth that that body's been resurrected and he's fighting Zeus. So it flips the whole like narrative to where Zeus is trying to control people and make them think everyone has to be beautiful. Everyone has to be rich. Everyone has to be all the things they show us in images on advertisements. And the reality is we're all different and unique and we should all be accepted. And this character's a horror host is kind of how he hides. But now that thing's been done. Everybody's doing a horror host. So I'm downplaying that slightly. Um, (laughs) But I mean, he battles these monsters and like Griffins and Cyclops. And I mean, because I was just like, man, that's really cool. And Kirby would do that. He'd be like, okay, on Thor, I'm yes. going to tackle all these different pantheons. They hadn't really done North myth- Norse mythology. So him and Stan are talking about it, and he starts going that way. And he goes over to DC, and he's doing Leo. Like, well, the gods are dead, so I'm going to do the new gods. So he comes up with Darkseid and all Genesis research. and all. And it was just him exploring all these different mythologies yeah. and theology. And then George Lucas sees it and goes, Darkseid, that's a great – oh, Darth Vader. And he's yeah. exploring theology with Star Wars, and you're like, wow, that's really cool. Just yeah. because it's, you know, we all, like I said, it's a modern mythology. We, we all have love for these characters, and we're like, man, it would be great to be that character, or I would aspire to, or I relate to. And that's what gets yeah. us reading the comics and saying, man, I really like that particular yarn that was spun, so to speak, to, to use old vernacular. I love it. Well, speaking about horror, too, you know, and, and I, know, I know we're probably going to – uh, I don't want to go off on a tangent too much. You carry but on tangenting. This is what it's all about. <laughs> creepy and eerie, man. Those oh, yeah. are such. Those are so good. Oh, like yeah. so good. No one like. I remember. I found out about it late in life, unfortunately, because I'm a huge horror buff too. Uh, huge horror buff. Um, and I and I got into it late, but that work in itself man especially talking about horror or talking about these characters and talking about like tales from the crypt and ah yeah baby so this is my ah. character baron von saturday this Very is a 3D cool. model of him that i want to build like one of those aurora model kits like those old oh, universal monster aurora model kits yeah. of him um you know like it's got like some gears on the bottom like he's in Dr. Frankenstein's lab and the whole nine yards. But yeah, I want to make like glow in the dark. Like I'm all about that. My wife will laugh. So I'm like, Oh, they said glow in the dark. he's going to want two of those. It glows in the dark. Um, <laughs> Everything glows yes. in the dark for me. That's all yeah. the same here. I'm all about that. If it has that green <laughs> tinge on it, I'm like, I'll take it. I want it today. I'm all Ian, about it. Ian's face is priceless. Oh, oh my God, say. dude. I am like a major glow in the dark, crazy fanatic. Like okay. I love. Yeah. Okay, you whatever, dude. I'm a '90s kid. You can go screw yourself. <laughs> no, no, okay? no, no. I'm just, I'm just glowing the dark and like that particular rabbit hole goes. Um, <laughs> glow in the dark. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider series two. The glow in the dark. Um, yes, set that's that. actually it's really just amazing. Wonderful. Um, well, pop, yeah. pop quiz. Pop quiz. Which Marvel set did Scratch and Sniff cards? Oh, is that the Punisher? The gunpowder. That's it. Well huh? done. Oh wow! Yeah. Well Damn. done. I Fast. forgot all about that. Nice. See? Yeah, I, I don't own I don't any of them. But they what are, year was that? Uh, uh, 90, I want to say 91. I think so you're I was right. gonna, 
I was going to guess 92. Yeah, there you go. 91. 91. It has to be early 90s. Like yeah. For, oh, yeah. It was definitely – everything was early 90s. It was one of the last <laughs> comic images. Early ones. 90s. Even, was it a, like a hologram cover that would glow in the dark and smell? Like, yeah, they were trying everything. Stick it goes yeah. sticks <laughs> to the wall. Try it. <laughs> Readership yeah. is off. Or, you know, they well, bought you know, all those variant covers, and we're going to try and gouge it. So – I got to get all the Silver Surfer hologram v- v- covers from the 90s, the 75th and the 100th. Oh, the like, there's so many good. Yeah. The prisms. Like, well, yeah, Silver Surfer had the prism set. That's right. That's right. Well, I was just looking. What is it? A buddy of mine, um, 9.9 newsstand on Instagram. Uh, oh, we couldn't get him on. He's nice. You'd like him. He he He's a combo guy like all of us. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really knows it knows the death. Um, he was crazy. So it was funny. I was talking to him late Tuesday night. Whatever. I don't even know how I'm doing that because it's like at eleven o'clock for me, and I'm an old man already for some reason. But he showed this crazy card from DC, and it just looked like a piece of plastic. I have it here, so I have to show you guys. It looks like a piece of plastic, and but there's a hologram on it barely visible um, from the early 90s type of thing. You can't even see this hologram. You have to be like just in the right angle. You have to basically be Indiana Jones in a cave waiting for the sun (laughs) waiting there to get it just right to see you could see the image. But I just love how inventive all that stuff was because with like you know, sports cards, they had really amazing production on sports cards. You know, EX Century, like, you know, the PMGs, all this other great stuff, too, that they did that we see a lot in retro. But for, like, comic cards, they were just trying so many cool things, I felt like. You know what I mean? I'd love to see that kind of come back. Because we see it here and there. We get holograms and stuff like that. But I want to see some weird, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> weird stuff to see to see it come back and and be inventive again in that way because that was a lot of fun there's a lot a lot of fun back in the day i'll find you that superman card yeah it's the um, i mean you think about all the things that have been i mean the most obvious one gimmick i guess it's not a gimmick a set design choice and the most obvious one stems back from 77 star wars that's the puzzle card you know, oh, yeah. make up a yeah, picture, yeah. and in fact, our tops did it on the Star Trek motion picture set as well. The backs of them would make uh, up like the movie posters. That's funny, and things they like that. even go further back to '66 because I've been getting a hold of some of the '66 Batman cards yes. from Tops. Oh, Those yeah. do it too on the back. Conan, make, Conan like, did yeah. it. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, there were t- a comic images. A lot of comic images sets wow. did it too. It's crazy. Wow. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. In those well, you know what's funny? They tried to do the Cree skull. Remember that set, Ian? The Marvel Kree one? Skull. Yeah, yeah. The update I think, one. I think hmm. everything in that set makes up a comic book on the back. Yeah. Well, the um, that- 1996 Wolverine, um, Flare Ultra X Men Wolverine set also makes up a, uh, I believe it makes up a comic on the back of the panels. Uh, there was right. a story. I think it's that set, um, and it's it's a stunning set. It's to me, I, it's a really underrated set. And I'm not saying this because I'm about to sell the uh, half of the set that I've got because uh, I am. But uh, oh, Zenmu, there he is. Yes, nice. guy, very very cool. I'm going to send you one of these, and I want to send your son some surfers. So let me put some stuff together. But oh, yeah, nice, very cool. <laughs> but the um. Uh, that Wolverine set that I'm referring to, the 96 Flea Ultra X-Men Wolverine one, ha- is like the X-Men version of Marvel Masterpieces from 
my point of view because it's all original oh. art and it's top end people it's really underrated and overlooked and it's not on anyone's yeah. radar but if anyone wants to get like marvel i mean boris and julia on it you know, it's it's yeah, lots of yeah, artists, yeah. but it's it's yeah. got the most incredible rendition of Psylocke on in that set, um, and a number of other um, cool things. And then on the back, it, it kind of tells this story, so it's really at odds with the kind of high style, highly stylized front. Um, but you know, such is life in the nineties. Um, Jason, is there a Marvel property from back in the day? that is sorely overlooked? And this is a leading question, because I know what my answer will, will be. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you what mine is. Mine is New Universe. Hmm. Okay. I want more New Universe. Now, I'm probably the only person saying that right now who's collecting Marvel cards. Um, but and I'm not talking about the, the rubbish version of Starbrand they've got going around these days. I'm talking <laughs> about the original Ken Connell, uh, John yeah. Byrne. Because John Byrne, who's talking about influences, John Byrne, uh, the number of people I know who are seriously influenced by John Byrne that we've spoken to, I mean, he can throw a rock. Oh uh, yeah, hit someone who it's, you know, came it's up ridiculous. on, on his, yeah. his line work, um, but um, but yeah, new, new universe. I've just got a real soft spot for it. Um, what year was that? Uh, yeah, ninety-seven through. I think they kept it going for about three or four years till it finally petered out, and then the next bandwagon I jumped on um, was Midnight Suns and Generation yeah. X. Um which were the kind of the things that I got into around that period. Those are awesome. We're going to get more Midnight Sun stuff just because they're laying the groundwork character-wise. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. So I I could see that coming. Um, Hmm. Old Marvel property. Because they touched on a lot of them. Because when I was a kid, too, uh, Power Man and Iron Fist was something I was into just because Mm -hmm. I always liked um, exploitation films. Yeah, 70s are a huge influence. I love them. Um, old funk music, that kind of thing. Uh, kung Fu movies that I, I loved all of that. So that was something I was big into, but that's already kind of been brought back in, yeah. to focus. Well, Defenders, um, yeah. And then, def- yeah, and the Defenders was always a great book because it was a team that wasn't a team. Like you had Submariner, you had the Surfer, you had Doctor Strange, you had Hulk, but then it started, it turned into this rotating cast of characters. Oh, we don't have nothing for Angel to do. He's not in X-Men, X-Factors, not a thing yet. Boom. He's a, yeah, he was in, in Defenders. Yeah. For a couple of issues. And then he goes away. Um, so that would be a cool thing to bring back. Um, Tomb of Dracula. Oh, yes. Yes. That's, that's where I would. Uh, that's that's a good in. one. Um, that's a good one. And that's a guilty pleasure. I mean, not a guilty pleasure because I'm not guilty about any of it. I love it, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's that's where I would go. I mean that 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 run. I mean, there's only been a couple of times that a supervillain's had his own book, and that was the one that lasted the longest. I think the Joker had a, a title for 14 issues way back in the day, and then you had Dracula for 75 issues. Yeah. Most most of any villain, um, I think he's overdue. Well, and I mean the you, real good version, the one that looks yeah. like Jack Palance, not uh, oh yeah 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 all, all these other yeah versions, yeah but. yeah. Well, there was a super villain team up for for a little time in the seventies. Yeah, it was kind of um, the antithesis of the um, Marvel team up things that was going on. Submariner and Doctor Doom. Yeah, and then then um, I'm just trying to think. Of course, you had that. It it wasn't really a supervillain having his own book, but it kind of was. You had that brief period where Doctor Octopus was Spider-Man, Superior Spider-Man, which ran for about thirty issues. In fact, they carried that off for a lot longer than I thought they would. Um, yeah, me too. 
but it was really well it was really well done now hats off to dan slot for pulling that off i know a lot of people throw rocks at dan slot for his run but i think he did some of the most iconic stuff that still Doc, having shockwaves Doc Ock is, is my favorite uh, yeah. spider villain mm. so we yes. we've talked about that in posts on instagram because you know a lot of people i draw a lot of venom because a lot of people want venom i'm a huge yeah. venom guy i love venom but um as a kid doc ock was my was my go-to a lot of people like goblin but i was always a, a doc ock guy Mm, hobgoblin's my thing that's my that would be my next tier down hobgoblin Mm, hobgoblin Uh, that whole era of amazing spider-man kind of from about 239 no 238 was it with the tattoos um where hobgoblin's on the cover um through to about 290 uh where you had hobgoblin you had the rose you had that gang war storyline if you ever look I've, i've i sneak hobgoblin into almost every set oh on purpose i've snuck the rose in a couple of times i've had people rose ask me well, doing the rose again the, one of the roses that i did because i've done him a couple times is he's got the rain falling on him because i always remember like ron friends artwork and it would just be like the rain and he's got the crushed rose in his hand and yeah i'm, yeah. I'm right there with you this is a great comic steal it with hobgoblin on the front yeah yeah that's yeah. right that's right. There's a whole that whole period of Sp- Amazing Spider-Man for me is my, is my golden era. Just before the Marlin came in, the uh, black suit. Uh, I don't know yes, if you guys can see this, but my my wedding ring is the black Spider-Man. Oh wow! Uh, That's cool. Because oh, when I was a cool. kid, Secret Wars, I've got. Uh, he's hanging out next to me on the desk. The black uh, uh, Secret Wars Spider-Man. That was always my my jam um, because I'm that guy that I was kind of like – everybody was like, oh, Mary Jane, Gwen. I was like, Black Cat. Why isn't he just Mary Black Cat? Like that's the perfect person for him to be with. Oh, he's got the black suit. He's not going to get picked on anymore? Awesome. Now I'm invested. Like beat him mm. up. Beat all these guys up that picked on you. You know whatever. So I guess I kind of had the anti-hero idea of it yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, that was my my era. I was like, man, I really like this new attitude he's got then they kind of ah we can't go that route and nobody likes the black suit bring back the red and blue whatever um and i every time oh they're putting out a black suit spidey i need that yeah um it's been a thing and everybody that knows me kind of knows like oh that's more his preference brown suit wolverine bro right next to him right here right brown suit brown wolverine, suit right bobblehead sitting right here i'm saying um, black suit spider-man brown suit wolverine if you look for a pattern in any of my card sets, Hobgoblin, Doc Ock, usually sneak them in. Black Spider-Man, Brown Suit Wolverine. I'm just saying. Those are Way things that are always in there. Uh, I usually try and sneak a Gray good. Hulk in there, too. I love Green Hulk, but I usually sneak a Mr. Fix-It in there, too. Great, just, great. Yeah, great. I have, great I have to have him in there. Great That's Hulk. fun. Yeah, um, I'm just, I'm just trying to think. Uh, Micronauts. No one gives Micronauts any love, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, you've brought up oh, Micronauts. Uh, there's probably oh, a reason for that, but I don't know. Uh, I, I have fond I was, memories. I was a good. That was a good run there. A lot of good artwork. Yeah. A lot of good story came out of Micronauts. It was inventive. You know, yeah. you can't can't knock it. You can't knock them for trying. And they the other took one, toy I, lines and made them great. I mean, well, that's Marvel's the other one. That's the one that. I was about to mention. The other one that no one mentions. I don't know if it came out as a Marvel comic in the US, but it was in Marvel UK along with Spider Man. Is Zoids. Which was a Japanese toy line of giant I robots. Had, I had a request to draw some <clears throat> Zoids not too long ago. I haven't yeah. uh, taken them up on yet, but yeah, Zoids was mildly popular here. I mean, it was kind of towards the tail end of things in terms of it. Mm. Uh, but it's like Death's Head. I mean, it's one of those things where you're aware of it. You're aware of it here. Like we don't have it. He's not as prominent, but we know who he is, kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, or like Action Man versus GI Joe. Like how you said, GI Joe is not quite as big a thing. Oh, Action Man was the thing over here. 
Yeah. And they're kind of, you know, they're bridged together. Yeah. Um, and being somebody who's friends with a lot of, of toy collectors, too, that's the comics they focus on. So they can tell you, you know, this was the first appearance of, um, I don't know, a G.I. Joe character. Like, you know, this, mm-hmm. there, there's the silent issue that Larry Hama wrote, and I got to meet him at uh, a G.I. Joe convention. Wow. That, was a, that was a huge honor. Um but yeah, just like – or like Simon Furman. Like I know some people, they can quote Bible and verse of his Transformers run. And then they got the UK stuff. There's a lot of reprints, so they've read more of what he's done. Yeah. Um, so sometimes those things cross over, but they were the idea – Like I mean, they're the house of ideas, right? But they were the people you went to. My, I've got a toy line. I need to make it popular. Oh, we'll do a comic. They fleshed out the entire Transformers yeah. universe. I mean, we wouldn't oh, have yeah. that if well, Bob Budiansky did Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Bob Larry Hama with, with Joe's, same thing. He wrote all the file cards. He came up with all the, the characters and their, where they came from. Um, so those are all good ones. Um, they did Thundercats. They eventually got He-Man. That started at DC. Oh, I'm trying to think. Cops was DC. Mask was DC. Oh, oh yeah, Mask. Centurions was DC. Um, Chris Star or Cry Star, I guess it depends that on how you say it. I just did him um, in one of the Back to Retro sets for oh, the nice. company. Oh, nice. that's cool. Um, yeah, he was definitely Marvel. Rom the Space Knight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Rom>. <laughs> there's a lot of them. There are a lot of those properties, and I loved a lot of that. So Shogun Warriors, Marvel. Oh, yeah. Shogun yeah. Warriors. Like I said, the giant Japanese robot thing. I mean, I love them. Um, so that was a big one for me. That was a yeah. team-up book. I mean, all those characters exist in their own universes in Japan, and they brought them over here. Mattel's like, we got this idea for a toy line. Marvel's like, guess what? They're all best buddies. Yeah. Perfect. Works for me. Yeah. Fine. Um, well, weirdest crossovers you've seen, right? Mine, I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, about uh, 10 years ago now, maybe, I was in Forbidden Planet in London, and IDW had a Doctor Who Star Trek Next Generation crossover book out. Ha! And I was like, what am I seeing here? What am I seeing? I di- I didn't understand it, and it felt it felt somehow wrong to me. Aliens, Predator, I can I can cope with. Um, uh, Aliens, Terminator, Spawn, Batman, I can cope with those. But something about Doctor Who, Star Trek: Next Generation, just made my back open and shut, and I didn't look any further. But um, but yeah, that was that was a weird one. Um, they did X Men Star Trek Next Generation at one point. Oh my goodness! Yes. I've forgotten about that. Yes, that that one. I think that one even tips the scale because at least with the Doctor Who, you're like, yeah, I could probably see them interacting. But X Men, it's like, okay, aside from Patrick Stewart being a big player in both, what well, what's the yeah. commonality there? Yeah. Um, let's see. Most of the time, they'll cross over. There's some interesting ones um, that usually happen with Dark Horse or Image. That's where right. they would cross over with DC or Marvel. Because, um, I mean, you'd have your obvious ones, right, where they did, like, Batman, Spider-Man. But then they did um, Batman, Spawn. Yeah, that one makes sense. Trying that to think huge. of when that came out. That was like, uh, huge. Superman, Madman was a fun one that I remember reading, Hullabaloo, because um, I like oh, all, interesting. Of, all of its pop art stuff is brilliant. Uh, so that was a fun one. Uh, um I want to say they did a Hellboy crossover with somebody at one point. Hellboy's crossover. Didn't Archie crossover with Friday the 13th or something crazy like that? Yeah, yeah. Archie's crossover with everything. There's 66 Batman Archie. There's Friday the 13th. (laughs) There's Vampirella Archie going back to Eerie and Creepy. Love Vampirella. Um, Vampirella. 
yeah, there's yeah, there's some some very fun. Archie is usually the one I think if we're talking that does the funnest crossovers. Like they, yeah, sure, take a spin at it. And I loved all the old Red Circle stuff, like the Rich Buckler stuff. As a kid, that was like your third or fourth tier down. But again, back to those comics that had no covers. I'm like, well, who's the web? Who's the shield? Who are these MLJ guys? These guys are awesome. And then I started reading some of the Silver Age stuff, and it was like, man, this is corny. I love it. All the cornier, the better. Like, oh, yeah. Yes. Ting, ting, the smile with the teeth. And like, you know, I I don't know. I, I geek on that stuff. And then, of course, then I'm, I'm over here liking the anti-hero stuff. We're like, well, yeah, Spider-Man should beat him, you know, beat him up, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's more fun yeah. and then you're putting it on your next sets that's the main thing you know it's uh, it's all i guess it's all um i uh, you know inspiration isn't it you know the fact <laughs> that you've got such a rich well to, to draw from which is probably why you're on so many sets so what's next coming up in your in your i mean obviously there's stuff you can't talk about but what's next that you can talk about that either we haven't seen yet or you're excited for people to see that you've worked on um there's more marvel coming Ew. More Star Wars coming. Um, more indie sets coming, for sure. Love working on a lot of those because of the of the freedom of them. Love working on the big name stuff because I've always wanted to. I mean, that's all the stuff I've wanted to work on. A um, couple other projects, uh, publisher-wise. Uh, so let's see, Upper Deck Pops, Dynamite. Okay. Fifinity. Five, um, more with uh, Tom Breyer. Um more with Bianca. Obviously, those are fun sets to be on. Um, I'm on. I'll put it to you this way. I just I sent a set back yesterday. In these two months, May and June, I'm on nine different deadlines right now. Oh, my goodness me. Right. Okay. So, yeah, That's there's a lot coming. Um, can't really say what they are. But, yeah, some interesting properties. Let's put it that way. That You're are a busy fella. Yeah, they're not out of my wheelhouse, but I have not worked on the, some of them yet, and I've always wanted to, so I'm pretty stoked about them. Um, cool. Can't wait to share them, but you know that whole don't don't uh, don't tell. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Loose, loose links, loose lips, sink ships, or whatever it is. I can't even speak because <laughs> um, I quite like the fact that not a lot of people have you know the Marvel allure stuff. You know, there's there's. Uh, I mean, you're 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 putting that out there loads. It's great because um, that I did a lot of cards stock, for that set. Yeah, I did. A yeah, lot that, that sketch set. doc is really growing on me. It's like it's really know, some, cool. Yeah, some of the borders on them aren't maybe as um, conducive to kind of creativity, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> for some people, yeah, it varies. Um, the the paper quality definitely varies, and then yeah. with your work too, it'll show differently because I add highlights on at the end mm. a lot of the time like i'll build them in as i'm designing like okay this is where the light source is i'm going to go ahead and hit the yeah. colors this way and leave a little bit there but i'll go back over it with um you know with a pilot or something to put more white on there and some of the cardstock yeah. just does not take it so it'll look extra smeary and i'm like oh man really that ended up looking like that and some of it just absorbs it yeah, yeah, interesting. I mean, you've got you've got a, you've got a She-Hulk here from Allure that you shared a few weeks back, and I look at it and it immediately reminds me of Al Milgram's work. It's just got, got that kind of vibe about it. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, I try I to take it. different stabs yeah. at different yeah. styles yeah. of of the characters too, like. Mm. You know, this was this era. This is a 70s era. This is an 80s era. This is, yeah. a, you know, just just to because I've absorbed all of it and I've liked I've had love for all of it. Oh, my goodness, mate. I've just seen something on your Instagram feed. I can't believe I didn't see this before. 
Talk to me about this card that I'm seeing on my screen right now. What set um, is this? So that is a Karen Nicole card. That is from a set that Bianca's putting out called Cosplay Craze. Okay. Uh, just had just had the Kickstarter um, this last month. Oh, wow. um, so that's her, obviously, is uh, Black Cat. No copyright intended there. Oh, so Karen um, Nicole is a cosplayer? Because I, she's I, a I cosplayer. know nothing about this world. Yeah, I mean, she is, I she is a cosplayer. Um, okay. She is from Colorado, I believe, and okay. she lives in Arizona where Bianca lives. So it's kind of a bridge between our two states. Um, but yeah, there is a set that is coming out that I did cards for. Um, I put a couple out just then. That's one of the ones I put out. And obviously she cosplays as Black Cat. You and I are, you know, I know you're a big Black Cat fan, as am I. Um, yeah, so that was one that. I had to I, I had to get in there. I was like, okay, I got to do oh, at least one is. of the Black Cat iterations. Um, but she's known as Arizona Power Girl, so she does Power Girl was her primary, like oh, where she okay. started doing doing DC cosplay, um, and branched off into other characters. Uh, I know a lot of cosplayers because I I had done the Superman celebration like way back. Oh man, we're talking almost twenty years ago already, but. Um, I met George Prez before then, and I had met him. Speaking of, of people that you know, you meet, and you're just oh, like, "Wow!" Yeah, I looked yeah. up to this guy for a reason. Um, super amazing human being. Um, he would go bowling with folks in the little town. I mean, that is a tiny town, Metropolis, Illinois. But uh, the, a lot of the DC cosplayers would meet up at like Dragon Con and things like that. And I had met her here um, in Colorado Springs, where I live. Uh, she's, I believe, from Denver, and her and her husband got married here at one of the cons I was at. Um, so I had known, I've known them for years. Um, he does a lot of self-publishing. They have comics that they're doing. And then Bianca was like, Hey, would you like to be on this set? And I was like, Hey, that's, that's something different. I haven't really done cosplayers. Um, I'm doing a lot of like pinup style stuff now too, which Mm -hmm. I hadn't really done a lot of those because like with Marvel and DC characters, now they'll have female characters that were since i don't know 60s some of them since what the late 30s early 40s where the costume is what it is um and we can't draw them or they don't like they don't want to publicize it or want to you know generalize or to they don't they don't want to portray that any longer yeah and i can i can totally respect that and i'm like okay i, I get that so I'll, I'll do more headshots and that type of thing so some of the female characters you don't get to do as dynamic poses whereas some yeah, of the male yeah. characters because they're superheroes you can draw them a little bit more dynamic poses so mm-hmm. it gives me a chance to draw more different figures than just you know your typical guy yeah. In a suit. Yeah. Um, it gets kind of vanilla where I think like um, when they've been putting out some of these figures, you had your superpowers figures in the 80s, right? Those were all each off of Garcia Lopez artwork and they were specific to a character. So it's like I can't take the Superman buck and go and turn around and make a different character out of it. But when Secret Wars came out, I don't know if you guys have seen these, but they have like they're doing like the Golden Age characters. They've done Madman. I think they've done the spirit on a Secret Wars buck. Like it's very similar oh, to it, right. and they put those out, and that's what it kind of feels like with some of the superheroes. And you're like, they're all the same guy. It was like the Migos when when I was a kid. I could put these doll clothes on this same body, and it's a different character. Boom! Now it's Mister Fantastic. It was just Captain America, that kind of a thing. Um, so you kind of get there. So that's been fun working on a set like that, just because it's different. It's it's different. Um, some of the other back to retro ones that she's done too, because then I can do cartoon characters, or I've drawn yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, musicians. 
just oh, yeah. getting to do different portraiture than others. You know, because Star Wars, they want tight portraiture and getting to draw actual yeah. like, oh, I'm going to draw Madonna on this set, you know, just to take stabs at different things. The cosplay set kind of feels quite meta in a way because it's people who dress up as, as pop culture characters and it's a card set about those people. It's, I just find it fascinating that, that that's that's a thing. Yeah. It's like, of course it's a thing. And it's brilliant. But I, card I sets about everything anymore. And I, uh, I, I love it. I love it. Every yeah, time yeah. someone approaches me, I have this idea. I hadn't thought of that. That's yeah. a great idea. Let's do it. You know, and I'll, I'll try and get involved. Sometimes I over promise and under deliver on that because yeah, like yeah, I said, yeah, I, yeah. like right now I've got nine deadlines. There's a couple of sets I would love to have done that were indies. You can't do everything. It's like yeah. the time is just not there. So many hours in the day. Yeah, and you have the the bigger companies you've been working for. You don't want to disappoint them, and sometimes those di- deadlines come hard and quick. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, I need this set, this set, and this set. Are you in? Yeah, send them to me. And and that's going to take precedence, you know. Good. No, um, don't forget to tell me. Oh. Don't forget to tell me your address, Jason. Okay, I put yeah. stuff together for. For, for your surfer oh, oh, I appreciate it for sure. Okay. And I gave you one of these things, so you have it just for your free. Super for cool. Your I, I like okay. that. So, Very much um, appreciated. What were you no, saying? Uh, obscure um, property um, and or character set that you, you would like to see on sketch cards and or cards in general that you haven't seen. God, dude, to mention ones that haven't been mentioned already is pretty tough. Um, I was going to say, yeah, well, <laughs> you, you'll mention them and Jason will be like, no, that's been done. Yeah, it's been done. Because I've been, I've been like nodding my head along like, yes, because I didn't <laughs> want the advice from looking at cards to, to distract. Um, oh, man, gosh, dude, I don't – properties that have yet to be done on cards. Well, shall I give you I mean, one? Because this, well, this might be set. done. Oh, creepy, yes, of course. Creepy or eerie, like, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm sure there's a Tales from the yeah. Crypt. I know there's a Twilight Zone. I know there's a few other, you know, creepy kind of IPs out there. Uh, Silent Hill would be sick to oh, see that. that. Cool. I, know they did, I know they did promo cards. So I know the cards, there are, is a set of cards that exist. Mm-hmm. I was going to pick up, but it was too expensive. Um, old school properties. Gosh, man. Um an inspector gadget set would be cool. I don't oh, know. I cool. see <laughs> prop relics. I can see some mechanic cards in there. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, you're talking about the, the movie? No, no, not the movie. No, no, no. I was just joking about like cartoon <laughs> stuff. Not I'm, talking, movie, I'm, I'm thinking. I love Matthew Broderick. I have I, I have mad love for him, and I, I don't think that movie's bad at all. But um, no, yeah, I, I think I think that's the best thing about cards, in my opinion, is that. When you finally, when you take an IP and make it into cards, like Rittenhouse is really good about this, and 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 so are other card, card companies too. But you just get to have all this fun, where you just get to picture what it's like to have a, a memorabilia card or a collectible card or a scene for a movie on a card. Um, I don't know. I just I just love the whole aspect of being able to distill an IP in a card set. Right. It's just fun. And I love what you guys are doing with the 90s retro and all the other card sets that are happening now that are emerging because there are a lot of restrictions on sketch card artists. And, you know, the pay is horrible. And I think you are all doing such a brilliant job of trying to have that. That library of having to 
get all these different characters onto sketch cards because there are so many car- sketch card collectors out there. I don't think people realize how much it is. It really is important to people's binders and people's collections where they're like, oh, I want to, you know, archive this whole set here and I want to get this, you know, and it's not about the pack pool nature of it. It's about having a communication with someone. I mean, like yourself, Jason, who's I got to be honest, man, like this is like grant level kind of uh, wisdom of comic books and characters and stuff like that i mean it's just so impressive my friend and and i love how deep you are into this and and how awesome you are being at like just putting your art into all these different ips and kind of giving life to all these characters in your own way it's just it's a phenomenal thing man it's really cool i appreciate that i really do i mean that's that's what i tell my wife and my kids i'm like you know there's time that i'll never get back but when you're gone your cards are still here yeah. yeah, I've had people pull cards from all over the world and they'll reach out to me and I'm like, wow. You know, I'm uh, about dead center of the U.S. Colorado Springs, where I live, is like yeah. basically dead center. Like, how many places do I not get to visit in life? How many places, cultures do I not get to experience? How many different types of food or music? But if a piece of my artwork can get there, how cool is that? Somebody in that culture sees that and goes, wow, I really like this because of a character that they have an emotional attachment to. That's a huge honor to be a part of that. And the gravity of it is not lost on me. Believe me. That's why just in us talking about these different properties, I'm like, man, there's somebody out there right now that just heard Inspector Gadget and was like, oh, and they want that. And I'm like, oh, okay, on one of these sets, maybe I sneak an Inspector Gadget in there or something like that. So, I mean, it's really cool. Or somebody right now is like, that Doctor Who and, you know, Star Trek The Next Generation was my favorite thing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It, you know, we cross oh, over. I just read it. So I can't no, that's what I'm saying. And to me, I thought that was kind of an odd choice, too. Think about all these different possibilities that we've never even thought of. And that's, that's the cool thing with card sets. And that's back to what I was talking about. I wanted to do the big comics, but you're working 11 by 17. And you're like, okay, this character looks this way. You're reading the author's words. And it's like, okay, he looks this way. So I've got to get the reader to look that way and then go into the next panel. There's an, there's an entire layout that goes into making a comic. Visual storytelling, yeah. I can grab a card and I can say, okay, this is a moment in time. In my brain, I'm seeing Hulk do this one thing this one time. I draw it and I move on to the next one. And I, I can, uh, for my neural synapses, the way they with all the pop culture, I can do that. I can say, oh, you know what? Today I feel like drawing Matt Tracker from Mask, and then I'm going to move on to the next thing. And yeah. I can do that. Um, and it's fun. Or somebody says, hey, have you ever drawn a Care Bear? Yeah, now I have. I hadn't before. You know, but now my you little know. pony, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, and I've done it little now. Pony, hell yeah, man. I mean, I think that's, that's the way to do it, man. I mean... And, and 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 similar it is for you as as an artist, you know, being the supplier of this work. It's the same for collectors in a strange way for most of our listeners. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people. Gosh, between Ian and I, I mean, like, it's been insane how many people like you, Jason, like to get a card all the way from Australia, New Zealand or, you know, India, Egypt, you know, even Hong Kong. Like, it's just insane how global um, so much of this stuff is. And, and it really does kind of surpass language and culture, right? It is this. And it's growing as well. It's growing as well. It's just this really special thing that we all share. Um, 
it's it's interesting i don't know you know it's funny i was just talking to my wife about this actually and it was a good conversation because there's so many marvel movies now and so many superhero topics and all this other stuff that comes out and the nostalgia wave and you know all this stuff we're all dealing with you know being you know 30s 40s you know male female whatever <laughs> A lot of people remembering back and looking at this stuff and people talking about when it ends and when people are going to move on to the next thing or whatever, whatever, whatever. I, I, I see in all of this something that's very universal, very common. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't understand. You know, I see a lot of people being able to share experiences by having no experiences with each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was writing something recently and I was just like, it's crazy when you meet a fan of something you like because it doesn't matter where you grew up. Doesn't matter. None of the details matter. It's almost like you were always those neighborhood kids you know, trading and, and, and reading comic books in that tree house. You know what I mean? It's almost instant. Um, I forgot where I was writing that, but there is, there is this bond that's immediately created. And I, and I think you're doing that with your art and I really appreciate you coming on and, you know, talking to us about this and, you know, having this kind of really just amazing conversation about the power of, uh, <laughs> of memory and power of these things that we've all connected to on an emotional level. Yeah, for sure. It's been a huge honor. Um, like I said, I've always, you know, since since get you guys have been very supportive of me, and I've tried to be as equally supportive. Um, yeah, always. It's always been something I've wanted to do was to be on the podcast. So it's a huge honor. Oh, and I definitely appreciate you. it. Um, oh, so it took this long to sort out. Actually, we've been trying to get it on the cards for a while, but um, yeah, like, sorry, I was sick the last um, couple of weeks ago. Sorry about oh, that, brother. Oh no, yeah, hey, the, those things happen. I'm glad you're feeling better. The back to to Ian's question. Sixties Hanna Barbera. Oh, Ooh. yes. yes. That yes. would be a fun card set to work on. Uh, Mighty Mitor, Herculoid, Space Ghost, Birdman. <laughs> I do. Um, yeah, yeah I would have a blast. All that Alex Toth, the oh man, I love all that stuff. Just the designs he did on that yeah. pre Super Friends, and then he went into doing the Super Friends stuff. Um, hey, some of the obscure right. Ruby Spears cartoons would be cool to work on some of that. Because no. um, those were all those Gold Key and Whitman comics, right? So you had uh, just a wealth of stuff um i'd like to do like green hornet would be cool i know dynamite i think has that now but green hornet i think would be i cool. saw that i saw something like green hornet around. yeah i'd yeah. like to be on that set i think they did lone ranger i would, would have liked to have been on that um uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge phantom guy like i love the phantom and how far it reaches he's yes. so many different oh, colors yes. and so many different things to so many different cultures all over the world and i've made a lot of friends phantom just is sick being a phantom fan um phan um, by the way um uh, Phantom. Wow. Yes. You know, the shadow, a lot of that old stuff. I've met a lot of people okay. that are into yes. noir and into shadow. that type of thing. So I'd love to do all of the above. Wait. A, okay. Hold up. Shadow. That is. A, okay. Hmm. All right. I'm just going <laughs> to say this. When I was a kid, I was, I saw Phantom, Billy Zane. Oh, don't judge. Billy Zane. No, and I love it. Shadow, Alec Baldwin. And that he's been hilarious. Um, my <laughs> Nicholas is my my dog has been like looking at me like when is my mother gonna get here? Why am I hanging out with you all day? Um, <laughs> but those movies, man, I really liked them. I thought they were fun. I liked them back in the and then when I got into the comic books, 
that is just next oh, yeah. level goodness, man. Shadow and Phantom are just such good pieces. Like I go on comicartfans.com quite a bit, which is just an amazing website. And looking at all the originals of the Phantom, the Shadow, it's just such great artwork, such good like inking, just good everything, honestly. It's just it's so impressive. So impressive, those series. I love those pieces. See, I think mine's probably been done but I just haven't witnessed it. But it's um, cards based on the, not on the comic book, which is going to be sacrilege for a lot of people, but on the movie and the subsequent TV series of Watchmen. Watchmen. That would be cool. Um, Because I love, what I love about the Watchmen movie and the TV series, actually, is how they have the different, um, styles of the characters that were you know, the Minutemen, which were obviously much earlier, mm-hmm. and then you had the um, the more modern characters, and then I don't know if you've either of you have seen the Watchmen TV series that came out a couple oh, of years yeah. ago. Uh, did you watch it in the end? Because I know it I was, was recommending so it. So good. Yeah. Um, there were the fantastic podcasts um, that, that accompanied it that HBO did that had Damon Lindelof talking about and the creative team talking about how they made certain choices, and it's just phenomenal. Just the the you know the did the world need this watchman series no but will they do it again probably not but you know but the whole and all the in between as to how they came to the decisions they made in it i just think it was super they were good decisions man yeah telsa the crossover like oh, it was I just loved, really loved, uh, loved it there was really yeah. smart moves all the way around what they did with manhattan i was really impressed i could i still couldn't believe it when i saw it i was just like man they, they just did such a great job the only yeah. problem i ever had with the the movie was that sex scene? Like I don't know <laughs> why they did that. Oh, is like, that the one in the uh, in the uh, in the flying in this, out? In the um, yeah, in the uh, flying yeah. Out. yeah. Like him and and it's in the it's in the book, but like it was it's just you know tonally it just shifted. It was such a weird moment to have in that script, but you know I mean, Rorschach not being able to not you know comply. And what that meant, like that yeah. moment there, that actor yeah, yeah, yeah. sold that moment. I mean, it's astonishing. It's, 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 astonishing. That, it's just such Snyder, a good piece. Zack Snyder and what he did with that movie. It's beautiful. I love it. I love and it was before a lot it. of things that people were doing. Dick Tracy. Yes. Dick, Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. Just posted a set of the villains. Every time I do them, they, everybody buys Dick Tracy and leaves the villains. It's like Ninja Turtles. You do all four, and then somebody goes, oh, I just like Michelangelo, or I just like Raphael, and then you're left with the other ones that have a matching background or something, and I have to oh. redo the whole set. Um, mm. But branching off of the Watchmen idea, I mean, those are all old Charleston comics. So Blue yeah. Beetle, Captain Adam, like it would be cool to go and do yes. those like as Charlton, like branded as such. In fact, I, I tried to do – they used to have uh, – Oh, what was it called? I'm trying to think of it. But they had a book how we were talking about introducing them on the team of books. Like, here's a new character. Here's a new character. Uh, I was going to do that with my indie company. I just haven't had time to do it where we would introduce new characters. And it was going to be called them a shockwave and kind of a tribute to the old Charlton. They did, would do that. They'd be like, oh, and this issue, the question. And then there's Captain Adam or there's you know Blue Beetle. And they would just kind of sneak them in. Um, and I wanted cool. to do something like that. But my... You got a card yeah, set? I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. And then I get lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I get lost. Well, it's always in, in that doing, melting so. pot. It's always in there. Uh, <laughs> before we before we, we, we wrap up, I was just wanted to touch on. Sure. You are one of the hardest working artists, and there's a lot of them that, that do this really well, on social media and how you 
do that and then we obviously we've touched on it with the with the webhead wednesday and, and mutant monday and and ian thursday and all these other things that we've touched on earlier on. <laughs> it thursday. will be a thing ian thursday will be a thing um, I say, that's a thing paul dre if you guys are listening ian thursday <laughs> yeah well i've already been on i've already been on at least one trading card no t- at least two trading cards i'm aware of and so is norin um and um yeah. there's um uh, dre did me as um uh modok <laughs> Oh, that's last year. Okay, I think it was last year or the year before. He he sent me a little sketch of Ms. Modok, and I'm like, "What the f- is this?" But it's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I look terrifying and disgusting in in equal measure. Um, so uh, you put a lot of work into it. So that in itself can be a can be a job in itself. You know, promoting yourself in that way. But you you seem to find it. Well, it appears effortless. You know, the way you do it and the way you go about it. Just just. Just tell us quickly how you kind of got to your point as to where you are with that and what made you decide to keep that going so well. It was hard at first. Um, I mean, trying just putting your artwork out there is hard because you never know who's going to like it. Art is such a subjective thing. Um, you're thinking that's the best card you ever done. Somebody else is like, that's hot garbage. I can't believe that was even in an official set. Or if you even before that, when I was just doing cards just to kind of get my name out there because I wanted to do the cards. It wasn't even about necessarily using it as a resume. But I mean, that's mm-hmm. ended up what what ended up happening ultimately was that they saw my work. And, and I was one of the ones that I was lucky and grateful that I was contacted to do the work. Like they were like, hey, we really like what you're doing. We'd like to offer you a, a set. And I'm looking at my wife like, oh, please let it be Spider-Man. If it's a Marvel set, please let it be Spider-Man. I get the email. I'm like, oh, it's Spider-Man. Uh, all right, cartwheels. Um, in terms of <laughs> making so awesome. it, yeah, you don't ever want to see me doing a cartwheel. It'd be that would be Modoc hideous. Um, I pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> but in in terms like of like Kickstarter, trying to get yourself out there on social media is is hard. And like I said, you have people that are loyalists. Like they're loyalists to a style, or they're loyalists to a brand, or they're loyalists to other artists, or whatever it is. And trying not to offend anybody or trying to get your place at the table is hard at first. Um, when I was trying to get into the indie comics publishing scene and trying to get in certain artist scenes, or even when I was trying to do like fine art, everybody kind of thinks you're coming for their spot. And with card artists, it's not like that. Like everybody's very welcoming and like, Hey, how's it going? And yeah, we'll all be on that together. I'll tag you in it. We're all on this set and, and that kind of a thing. So that has definitely made it easier, but I've tried to make it kind of a routine. So like I wake up, I go, okay, I need to do my post. I'm going to bed. I need to do a post. Um, Instagram's algorithm has played havoc with that. I mean, they've gone nuts with that. Um, Twitter too. Sometimes it's like that got how many likes? And then there are other times like, man, I'm really proud of this card. Oh man, nobody even saw it. Okay. Um, But I've worked it into being part of the job. If that makes sense. Um, Like I'll lay out a set as I'm working on it. I say, okay, these are the characters I'm going to try and sneak in there. Um, This is what I want to do. Or I'll do mini sets like with the Star Wars stuff to try and keep it interesting. I'll say, okay, I'm doing these five types of troopers and I'm going to do them, you know, in, in, in the set um, within the parameters, you get that. And that's thinking ahead. Like, okay, when I, when it's webhead Wednesday, I'm going to do obscure Spidey villains for three or four posts. As a tribute to those obscure, or for the people like we were talking about, that's a kangaroo fan. Maybe yeah. they, they read that issue and they're like, "Man, or Craven the Hunter." Craven the Hunter gets no love. I mean, now he's getting a movie, but he's my guy, and I never yeah. see any of these sketch card artists doing them. There's low hanging fruit. We all end up drawing them. Um, like if you're at a convention, Deadpool or Harley Quinn. I mean, I'm 
all day long. You see people drawing them. I'll get people that'll come up and they'll be like, hey, can you draw? And it'll be like some obscure character. And I'm like, yes, thank you, yes. <laughs> um, so I that's where I, I look at it. I, I treat that as part of the planning process. I say, okay, have I done anything interesting lately with my posts that shows range have I, or sometimes it'll just be at random. Like, Oh, I need to do my post. I almost missed the time that I usually post, you know, I haven't, I, I'll do two star Wars cards today or I'll do it's, it's always like, if I were a fan, what would I want to see in my feed? Mm-hmm. If I were, um, looking at these, what fits the criteria? Do I have a theme for the week that just kind of inadvertently got built? Um, so if I start off Marvel Monday with an Iron Man piece and then mutant Monday, which would be the same day I posted, I don't know, um, Sunfire, for example. And I'm like, okay, were they ever in a comic together? What villain did they fight? Have I drawn that character? Do I have a card to post of that? Um, and then sometimes if I'm on deadlines, it might be, you know, I haven't shared from this set in a while. Maybe I'll do five or six cards from that set just to show various characters or a range. You know, there's male and female characters or there's more cartoons versus yeah, yeah, yeah. photorealism. Um, so I, I definitely am cognizant of it, um, but more and so in trying to find like-minded individuals, like saying, okay, here, you know, I may not be your favorite artist, but I might have been on a set that you liked or, you know, whatever have you. But at the same time, I'm just like you. Like I'm into yeah, all yeah. of these properties and these things, um, and there's a kinship there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, I love it, and I'm going to have to throw some obscure Spidey folk at you. Um yeah, do it. Finish this, um, and just see if it's there. Your your visual library that you have stored wherever your digital archive is, of the cards that you've drawn, must be thousands of cards deep by now. I'm I'm assuming you've got it quite well organised, or is it? Is it? Mm, it could be better. <laughs> could be better. Yeah, it could, it could yeah, be better. Room for improvement. Um, yeah. I've got a terabyte drive sitting. Um, I know everyone can't see me, but you can right over my left shoulder. See that little yeah. blue light that's on yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. Um. That's chock full O cards um, from various properties, sometimes stuff that I haven't shown people because I'll draw it and I'm like, eh, eh, it's only okay. Um, and my wife will be like, just post it. You need to post everything. I've tried to get better about that where I'm just posting everything because it might be someone's cup of tea. Maybe I yeah. felt like I didn't do that character justice, but somebody that's a fan of it goes, you know what? He didn't do terribly on that. Yeah, it looks yeah. like in my mind's eye, like we were talking about when I was a kid first encountering that character, that's what speaks to me. That's my favorite version. And you, you, you nailed it. You encapsulated it. That's a huge, huge thing. That's an honor to, mm. to have that happen. So yeah. I try and get better about it and not be so hypercritical, but I think all of us as human beings are that way. And artists in particular, we're our worst critics. You're always like, well, who's, who's going to comment something negative on this? Who's going to say this is garbage or you're at a con and somebody walks by and goes, <laughs> nah, I'm going to keep walking. Um, so you think about those things. You try not to, but it, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't at least consider yeah, them or think about them. Of course. Well, you know, it happens. But yeah, if everyone liked the same thing, it'd be a very boring world. Oh, yeah, super boring. I couldn't so, imagine. I couldn't yeah. imagine. Exactly. Well, listen, Jason, you've been wonderful. Thank you. Um, it's early for you. I know we started this at uh, stupid o'clock um, and it is uh, <laughs> only just past barely um, achievable o'clock now. Um, so I don't know if you're a caffeine fan, but. Um, oh, yeah. I've, I've been sipping this whole time. I got my uh, my thermos. Oh, oh, oh coffee. Coffee. Good. Good old black coffee. Um, that is the fuel that makes the sketch cards happen. Good man. <laughs> 
<laughs> Someone once asked me, uh, no, what was it? I'm, I, no, I'm not going to go there. I was going to say something absolutely filthy, and I suddenly <laughs> realised that I'd, 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 I'd do the whole episode without dropping in that, you know, um, I like my coffee like I like my women. <laughs> without without a penis. Anyway, I can't believe I just said that. Um, let's. Uh, <laughs> I, I do like my coffee that way. That's great. Knowing, <laughs> uh, I think Noin's still here. I'm not sure if Noin's still here, but I will say goodbye for the both of us <laughs> as we as we kind of circle into that. Um, so, where can people find you on social media? What's your What's your handles? Pimp yourself. Um, so, Jason underscore artist or Montoya underscore Montoya artist. Let me get my own stuff right on Instagram. <laughs> uh, Jason Montoya artist on facebook um same handle on twitter as well um got several pages uh for my publishing company it's called themis comics um lady lady justice like the balance she's always holding the scales that's where that came from so like a balance between artwork and writing um so i've got various pages for that spread all, all out throughout the internet um as well just about any social media you're looking for i'm probably on it if you search for it um every once in a while here and again i will sell the cards too I, i'm pretty active on, on getting in different things and reaching out to yeah. people um and then commissions always available for commissions um message right. me email me well whole, we'll put all hours. those links in the tasting notes including That's the awesome. myspace profile because um, everyone's still got a myspace profile somewhere i though, think sure. i do yeah i'm pretty mm. sure i do still have a myspace <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I want to look uh, at it right but, now. Was, I probably thought those were the coolest graphics then, but uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. if I mess with the like, HTML to get yeah. it, it yeah. would be like reading a diary that you wrote when you were a teenager. It'd be so embarrassing. Yeah, I'm not sure I could do it. I, I get I, here. Here's a tidbit for everybody. We laugh at. I told my wife, I wish I had pictures of. Because she's from, like I said, she's younger than me. She's from that era of new kids on the block or whatever. So I wish I had pictures from that summer of '89. I think my grandma lost them all. Of I had channels on the side of my head. I had the rat tail. And I had the bat signal on the back of my head. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't want pictures of those. <laughs> wow. Okay. Different Batman shirt every day of the summer until I started getting like Punisher and X-Men shirts. I was kind of an X-Men snob in the 80s because I was like, you don't read X-Men. The X-Men cometh. And I had the buttons on my jacket and the whole nine yards. So. <laughs> I, love it. I, I suddenly have an image of a self-portrait of you as a 1989 version of you yeah. on one of your cardstocks. That could be a good thing. Uh, could be. I, could if be. I can do it justice, I got to get all the, the little strands of hair. I love it. 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 It could be a work in progress. Could be a work in progress. Uh, (laughs) Jason, you've been fabulous. Thank you so much. I love, I've loved this. I could have carried on talking about all sorts of obscure characters and pop culture stuff all day. Um, Do you mind if we describe you as a pop culturalist? Nope, I do not mind that in the slightest. In fact, I take it as a huge compliment. Good, good, good. When that that's uh, henceforth, you shall be known as pop culturalist and avatar to every single type of property that you could possibly (laughs) want on a sketch card. Oh, I love it. We'll get that on a t-shirt as well. Thank you, Jason. All right. Um, Carry on. And do you know how we end off on our shows? Uh, Yes. And want to make sure everyone remembers to enjoy collecting. Thanks for listening to the Marvel Card Collectors podcast. Visuals and tasting notes for each episode can be found on our Facebook page. You can subscribe and leave us a voicemail via our home on anchor.fm forward slash mccp. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Please take a second to subscribe, like, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. 
Our podcast can be found by Googling at the MCC pod, which will also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Our Facebook community is at MCCW, Marvel Card Collectors Worldwide, and MMC, Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists, and creators who support the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. We'll see you next time. And remember, it's a small hobby, but a fun one. Make mine Marvel and enjoy collecting. Collecting.